Welcome to As the Wheel of Time Turns, where we unravel the weavings of Amazon's Wheel of Time. I am your Night Bliss, BJ. I'm joined by some of my chosen co-hosts. Bree, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited for this last episode. Are you, though? Late. How's I'm it good. Great intro. Nailed it this week, BJ. I'm excited. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> and Sarah. I am... Uh, I'm great. I'm excited, I think, to talk about this episode there are things to talk about. Yes. <laughs> For sure. There are a lot of things to talk about. But before we get too deep into uh, this episode, we have a lot of other pods. Uh, Lee, can you tell us about those? Yeah, so Mangum Talks Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We uh, have a lot of different content on MangumTalks.com, or you can go to your favorite podcast provider, type in Mangum Talks. The next big thing on the channel is we are launching Mangum Talks Star Wars, which is a pod hosted by myself and Spencer, who has done other pods on the Mangum Talks podcast network before and we are basically just going to plow through any new star wars content we can find in 2022 2022 is going to be a big star wars year i can bet there's a lot of wheel of time star wars crossover i think i'm talking to some people here yeah. some of our fans most likely uh there's a lot of new content coming out for star wars in 2022 we start with the book of boba fett we'll go into mandalorian season three andor ahsoka obi-wan a lot of stuff we're going to cover all of it on mangum talk star wars so that's, that's a it. lot of content I'm looking forward to it mm-hmm. yeah um, but on this, uh, as the wheel of time turns, we have a bunch of segments, um, and we actually split into two parts. So the first part is, uh, just based on the TV show, it is book spoiler free. Um, and then we have a second part that has in the greater part, you know, greater world book spoilers. We go through everything that we can think of, um, But in the first part, we have a couple main segments. Uh, The first one, and probably the most important one, is the recap, and that is done by Lee. Yep. Then we delve into the Taviran. I know what that means now. Taviran. They do. They use that. And we've been saying Taviran. Yeah, but I'm going to still say Taviran because Taviran is the worst thing ever. Um, And that is hosted by Brie. Then we'll follow that by Gleeman's Corner, the best scene, conversation, uh, quote, um, and that is my purview. And then we have uh, novices' notes, a little bit more theories and speculation. Theory time. Now that can I do Lee's power rankings? We can do Lee's <laughs> my favorite rankings, characters, but I mean, it's, yes. always, it's always more yeah. in at the top. But I'm happy to, happy to, to revisit that. Okay, one. it's awesome. always been fun. Um, um, and yeah, that'll round out part one. So maybe without further ado, let's uh, get into it. Let's talk about season one, episode eight, the finale, the Eye of the World. I'm going to leave the recap. I want to talk about, I wanted to address two things right off the jump. First, Amazon released um, a press release this week. I'm sure you guys saw it. Uh, I'm pointing to BJ and Bree because very big fans of the show, saying that this is the most popular original content series in Amazon history. Yeah. That might not strike you as like a big deal. It kind of is. There's been some really big series, Man in the High Castle for one, Fleabag two, that have been on Amazon. Uh, and for this to be the biggest one in its first season, I think is a really good thing for the show. And I think it's also really good for the creative of the show. Because I think it's going to give them a long leash and probably as many yeah. seasons as they want now. Maybe and a better budget for some of that yeah. CGI. I was going to say, isn't mm-hmm. The Expanse also... Yeah, The Expanse, Expanse is also, also like prime. big stuff. Yeah. Um, it's done well. And yep. then the other thing is, it topped out the ratings... 
period for like the last couple of weeks in terms of just like all any streamer any, shows. Yeah. Oh wow! Uh, I think maybe even any shows. Period. But yeah, yeah definitely I don't streamer know about shows. That. Yeah, it'll be it would be interesting to know if if you could really get apples to apples with Witcher season two, mm-hmm. how that went because I know Witcher's been very popular on Netflix. But regardless, the the, the thing I I really want to draw out from that is that. The show's successful. Creative's going to have a long leash. I think we're going to see multiple seasons. We're not going to get like a season two that's like on a knife's edge of being... Well, they won't. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Because I've followed shows that have been right on the edge of being canceled before. And it really does affect the creative because they have to end every season as if it's the end of the series. And it can really screw up the story. I like that there's there's no... confusion now they're gonna go as long as they want right Mm -hmm. so that's really exciting i mean they started filming season two before season one dropped yep so you know we knew that we were gonna get a season two i don't know if they've officially announced that they haven't done season three but like there are more and more rumors around that so i think we're gonna get more and i'm i'm hoping that some of maybe the hiccups that we had this season are are gonna flatten out a little bit hopefully I mean, there are a number of things. Maybe address them at the beginning. We talked a little bit about um, Barney, uh, who is Matt Cawthon, like, was Having gone, you know, at, yeah, is getting told. replaced. He, he was no longer in episode seven and eight. Um, basically, there was a whole lot of COVID stuff going on. So I think that my take on a lot of things that have happened and, you know, a this is just going to be my head cannon, dark is <laughs> that these problems, along with a really hard start date from mm-hmm. Amazon Prime, were they didn't have an infinite budget, they had to do a lot of scrambling for the last two episodes, and they had a hard stop. And so a lot of the, the post, the VFX, stuff like that, had a an end date. And... There's not only so much money, so time. much time, so yeah. many people, and not not everything was as clean as they, everybody wanted it to be, but they had to get it out. And so um, I think that now that they know what they're working with a little bit better, um, as with everything in the world, things will be smoother from here on out. Yeah, I mean, moral of the story is, if you like the show, if you want to continue with it into season two, you're a fan of the books, maybe, the fact that it's successful, you should be, you should you know, regardless of how you feel about the finale. You yeah. should be excited because that's gonna that opens the door that opens the opportunities for the show going forward. And the second thing I want to address is that the reaction online for this this finale was extremely negative. We're gonna yeah. talk about it. We'll talk about the problems with it. But if you're looking for a podcast where we just sit and trash the episode for two and a half hours, I would suggest you go ahead and turn it off because I'm not going to do that. I don't think anybody no. here is going to do Spoiler that. Spoiler alert! Yeah, yeah. because they, there's a lot of things to like about it and to like about the season, and so I was a little put off by a lot of the the dislike for the finale. I think a lot of it comes from book readers who yeah. are disappointed, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But I'm I'm I just while I have some issues with it, and I'll talk about it. We're just not going to sit and trash the episode yeah. the way that you maybe get on like Reddit or something like that. It's just not going to happen here. I mean, I think that's going to be a, a vocal minority. I mean, I think everybody that nobody thinks that the last the season finale was the best episode, and and I think that because you know it's just it wasn't as good as some of the other seasons, and you know it, it's not porting directly from the books. People are going to be negative about it, and you know I agree with some of the things. I disagree with some of the things, and. We're going to do our best. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the really hard things about it and, and the disappointing things about it, and we're not, like Lee said, we're not going to sit here and trash it, but it is, it's particularly difficult that it was the finale. You know, right. you can get away with, if this had been season or um, episode five, mm-hmm. right? 
that was dealing with quality issues or things like, you know, all of these issues that we're going to discuss, you can recover from that and you're not going into like the long waiting period for the next season with people Mm -hmm. just having the finale in their heads. Yeah. It's a little unfortunate. And didn't yeah. that sound really tough right there where I was like, go ahead and turn the podcast off? Yeah. Like, I sounded really, like, tough right there. Yeah. Here's, here's the secret. Yeah. Yeah. We already yeah. got Real you. Top. Listen. We <laughs> already got you. No, listen. <laughs> Your listen already counts. Check Bang. counted. Gotcha. Uh, okay. I think that's I, I, I think that's good to preempt yeah. the conversation yeah. with the, the two things, right? A lot of people didn't like the finale, but show is very successful, and we're going to get a lot more of it. Mm-hmm. So let's get in the recap. Uh, the previously on talks a lot about... The folks at Baldara uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the the Black Falcon is that the guy's name? Yep, yep. Uh, also, Pod and Fane makes a little bit of a, a, a appearance in the recap, which makes sense, right? Because we talked about Pod and Fane's sort of fingerprints on the mm-hmm. last episode. Then we get the quote: "One thing we cannot afford is for the dragon to turn to the shadow." That's my girl, OG Moraine, right there. And then we jump into a hell of a cold opening, mind blower. Here <laughs> we start three thousand years ago, mm-hmm. uh, give or take. Uh, I like how everything's like right on the nose. Yeah. Like, things like 3,000 years. It's never like 2,951 years ago. 3,000 years ago. And the characters are Luz Theron Thelamon and Latra Pose de Cum. Yep. Luz Theron Telamon. Uh, yep. I think it was a hard T for the last one. Luz anyway. Theron Telamon. Yep. Okay. Um, anyway, that's the two characters. Uh, Luz has a pin on that looks like a dragon. Um, yep. Just mm-hmm. from Jump Street. Both of them, like the shout out, sharply dressed. Yeah. And whoever is in the janitorial staff really cleaning up the area that they're in. This is a nursery, a very clean nursery. Very clean nursery. <laughs> no, I, I want to just point out, jump in here um, and say, you know, I've been down on the costuming for a large part of this season, although it has gotten better weirdly in later episodes, which I'm interested yeah. in. Um, but I just. What's the woman's name again? Latra. Latra. She is wearing this all-white outfit with like some harem pants and a high-collared thing with like a jacket over it. I want that outfit piece for piece just to wear to work tomorrow. Like, and even though give it to me off the rack. Her little chain between her ears isn't like terribly <laughs> mm, reasonable to wear on an everyday basis. It's, it, it is a very cool. Look. It's it's like with that particular piece is like backwards librarian. Yeah, with the, yeah. The chain on the glasses yes. around the neck. So yeah. they're pretty fly. She's telling yeah. him that he's pres- you've presented your case and he has an answer. He pushes back, complaining that she would break the Aes Sedai in two. <gasps> men and women, there is a reveal that Aes Sedai used to have men in the mm-hmm. order, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she says, it's you who breaks us. He yells, you can't stop me. And then we hear a baby crying. She admits, I can't stop you. But we, And he says, we have a chance to do, so here's an important quote from the interaction. We have a chance to do something that's never been done before, to cage the dark one, to stop his influence from touching this world ever again. So we're starting to get this sort of origin story of a lot of things Moraine has talked about, which is the caging of the Dark One before the breaking of the world. She says that they became Aes Sedai. Um, they swore an oath to serve all. So he apparently is maybe Aes Sedai, or at least maybe some of his followers are. Yep. She's saying that what he's talking about doing only serves his pride, and he says that's not true. So there is this, this conflict between the two about some action that he, he is about to take. She says, uh, you expose the very source of the one power to him. If he touches and corrupts it, your power will be out of control. It will run unchecked. You and your men could throw us back a thousand years or more. Spoiler alert, it seems like that does occur. Because <laughs> we talk about the breaking of the world in the, in the modern canon, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in, the, in the timeline that we're in right now. He counters by saying if she helps him, they won't fail. She says that they will remain to pick up the pieces as best they can if he does. And that kind of sounds like what the Aes Sedai do now, right? That, 
it's women yeah. in the order who are touching the one power and they are kind of picking up the pieces after the world broke uh, he laughs and says to think the fate of the world has been decided in a nursery she says nothing was decided here quote the, deci- the decision re- is not really a quote but she says the decision rests solely with with you and when you face the dark one she says that it's just an over she is just an overwhelmed woman trying to remind her old friend that he's not invincible might be with you Luther and Thelamon Telamon, Luther and Telamon, Dragon Reborn. So there we go. There's another reveal. Is that the guy we're talking to with the dragon pin, who is apparently a member of the Aes Sedai, mm-hmm. who is going to go confront the Dark One. Uh, he is the Dragon Reborn. And he says, You, Latra, pose decum, Tamerlan seat. Tamerlan seat? That's what she says. Mm-hmm. He says, Tamerlan, yep. not Amerlan, Tamerlan. Yep. Watcher of life. <laughs> he goes to reassure the baby, calls himself its father in the process. Um, if anybody trying to make the connection, I don't think that's Rand. I don't think that's baby Rand. Think, yeah. The timelines don't man, quite match up. I saw some dummies online questioning that. Just gonna, I, you oh, know, I'm not even a book reader. I'm just going to go ahead and dispel that. Not, not the case. Um, he tells the baby he's going to make the world safer for him. Cut to the world behind him. This is the coolest part of the episode. By far, to me, the coolest part. The reveal of what the world looked like before the breaking. And it looked... Mm-hmm. Kind of like Coruscant on Star Wars, except with some green space. <laughs> so, um, you know, big, beautiful buildings. They all look fresh, new, clean lines, nice architecture in the city. Mm-hmm. And, nice and ships, ships that are flying around. Um, we don't know if these are like spaceships, but they at least are planes. Yep. And that's what the world looked like before the breaking, it seems. And then we cut end of cold opening. BJ. So do you remember an earlier episode where we got... Maybe the ruins of the city. Uh, we got these, like, you, you talked about how, like, it clearly was something else. Because, you know, there, there were these big columnar, uh, like, ruins. There's that a word. Columnar. <laughs> <laughs> Fall from a seat. Is that the place um, it, with, like, with the dagger? Uh, no, no. No. So it was while they were traveling there. It was sort of like the ruins of Minetheron, maybe. Like, it's unclear. Like, when they were leaving okay. uh, the two rivers. And so... There's some thought, it's not super clear, that this might have been, like, ruins of that city. Um, and you sort of saw these, like, skyscraper things with windows that have definitely, like, been grown over. Um, and so I think that there was supposed to be a little bit of that parallel. At least if it's not the same place, it's similar architecture. Yeah. But then the question becomes, like, those buildings, how the hell were they made if they're still up 3,000 years later? Um, yeah crazy anyway but i i just love the idea you know they're setting up i can see how this is 15 books is what i'm saying because the idea is that the you know you as a soul you kind of go back into the wheel the wheel spits you back out and that there's these turnings of the wheel and that there's these these new presents that keep coming up Mm -hmm. um throughout time and now they've really expanded the world to like what could have happened before the breaking it could be a fucking sci-fi show before the breaking. Um, or we could go to the next turn of the wheel and it could be a sci-fi show again. Like it's the possibilities start to become endless with this. So I thought this reveal was really important. Um, and it showed that like, wow, this is, it's a, it's a big world with a lot of different options. And I can understand why they would have held a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got two minutes and 30 seconds for that cold opening, fairly standard time. So it was about, about normal. Then we go into, our main characters, we start with Rand and Moraine walking in the plight. The blight? Blight? Mm-hmm. Yes. The plight um, of the blight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not it's, that dissimilar. The it's interesting to me that Moraine is leading. 
Uh, he, he's kind of walking a couple steps behind her. She runs across a corpse. It clearly stinks. Rihanna asks what's happening to the guy, and she says that boys from the Borderlands like to test themselves against the blight. Sounds like teenage boys. <laughs> Man, does that sound like it. I, I made the, the comparison that what they look, look like they were walking into is like a cornfield. Yeah. As a kid, there's I corn, I grew up around cornfields. I'd just walk into cornfields and just go. I just yep. I'll make it. So it's is fine. there a hundred percent chance that if you were in this world, you would be that boy down on the ground? No, <laughs> no, my friends would have. Yeah, like, you are much too risk averse for that like, to have been you in the world. Like, I'd have been like BJ. This is such a good idea. You should totally go. And then when he didn't come back, back here, yeah. And then yeah. when he didn't come back, I'd be like, yeah, we probably shouldn't go in there. Um, <laughs> she. <laughs> She says that when they test themselves against the blight, they usually come up wanting the little Moraine speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and gave a very pointed look to, to Rand when uh, she said that. Well, and then she goes on to be a little mm-hmm. bit more pointed. She instructs Rand not to touch it, and they keep going. She explains that the rot is generated from the Dark One's prison. It consumes everything it touches, quote, including young men in way over their heads. Yeah. And yeah. then looks at him. Yeah. yeah. You poor young fool. Mm-hmm. Obviously talking to him. Mm-hmm. Um, cuts of Valdara. I'm saying that right, right? Valdara, the, the mm-hmm. yeah. great. Uh, and Egwene is um, packing, and Perrin tells her they cannot go. They don't know how to get there. Only Marine does. We'll die in the blight. We can't go. I would like to point out that um, Egwene is packing in this moment like I pack when I've gotten bad news, and God knows what was going into that right. suitcase in Literally the moment. Everything. It was going to be like a swimsuit and a parka and a, a candlestick. A, yeah, and a pair of flip flops. <laughs> like, okay. And I, and I usually fill the role of parrot. Like, yeah. Okay, well, where are we going? What are we back? Hold on. Yeah, so that, you know, that's kind of what, what Perrin is doing there. I will say that, like, of the main characters to me, Perrin seems to make the most sense. He's like sentence for obviously pound for pound, the most like common sense guy. He usually cuts through and says like the thing I'm thinking, which is what he's saying. He's like, Yo, we can't just take off into the blight. That's a mm-hmm. dumb idea. We know from seeing the corpse boy that it is a dumb idea, mm-hmm. right? And she seems to realize that. She just breaks down, starts crying. Um, she says, I love him, Perrin. Perrin sits down next to her, breathes, and says, So do I. She asks him if they are all right. She and Perrin, after the little spat that happened between Perrin and Rand last episode when Nynaeve dropped the bomb that maybe <laughs> I was right all along and Perrin does have feelings for Egwene. So you still pushing this after this? Absolutely, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Perrin looks at her and says, we'll always be all right. And then she hugs him. She just leans into him. Um, I don't think that hug has anything um, romantic associated with it, but I do think that like Perrin has deep feelings for her, obviously. Mm-hmm. And... When he says we'll always be all right, I think what he's trying to position himself as is like I'm the I'm the guy you can trust, which is which by the way, great move from Perrin. That's very smart <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna buck against Rand a little bit because Rand very difficult to rely on right now. He's all over. Bit the of place. a fly by night. One yeah, might say. And Perrin's like I can be your rock. Uh-huh. Good positioning by Perrin. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. Uh, cut to Moraine and Rand walking in the blight. Moraine sees some dilapidated towers and says they're getting close. They can rest there. Half hour, no more. Rand asks what the towers are, and she explains that they are the seven towers of Malkir. Mm. Malkir, you'll remember, is the kingdom that Lan came from, that Lan was to be the king of before it was taken over by the blight. We learned yep. this last episode. Rand pieces together that that's where Lan is from. He says it looks like it's been that way for a thousand years. She says 40 at most, which made me laugh. Because I feel like she was just pegging the actor's age. Yes. Yes. I, I had that same that read on it. was like, okay, well, now we know. Yeah. Now we know the, how old Lan is. Lan's yeah. 40. No more. Um, she says the blight is growing. Just another sign that the dark, dark one's strength is building. So I guess the blight is continuing to push out. 
Yep. Which shows that the dark one's getting stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As they sit, Rand asks Moraine if it was hard to leave land behind. She doesn't answer. She just throws him some food, drink, sergos, and something. Unclear. Water skin. Yeah, it tells him to. It was real light looking, though. Yeah. A little Slim Jim from the Speedway. What are those? Yeah, a couple Star Wars. What's the thing in uh, Lord of the Rings, that weird (laughs) bread? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Maybe that's what she threw him. (laughs) I'll tell you this about Rand. I I spent the first five episodes shitting all over Rand. I was. I, I really have started to like him. I mean, the fact that he. I mean, he is. Learned that he's the Dragon Reborn, that mm-hmm. he's going to meet the Dark One, in all likelihood is going to die. And if he doesn't die, his his future is way different than what he envisioned right. it. Yep. And he still takes a moment to be empathetic to Moraine's situation and mm-hmm. say, I bet that was really hard for you to leave land behind. That's a, That natural reflex of being empathetic with another person is not something you can teach usually. And I feel yeah. like that's a that really speaks to Rand's character. I like Rand. I'm starting to come around on Rand. Well, and that empathy that's you know, good. becomes a sort of turning point later in this very episode. Right too yeah. right like that is the defining characteristic um, great point of him mm-hmm. absolutely yep completely agree uh cut to naive walking up to land she asked him if he's all right he said she asks, can you feel anything through the bond basically is mm-hmm. it completely broken can you feel anything and he says well she doesn't want to be followed i know that not to what she's facing now naive then comes clean says look i actually didn't track you which land's got to be like i Damn it, I knew it. You've been flushing me at the campfire for months over this, teasing me. I knew you couldn't have done that. And she says, I actually tracked Moraine. She has a, quote, tell. I don't, I, first of all, I don't like the idea that Moraine has some tell she doesn't know of. Yeah. This pisses me off. It seems like weakness in Moraine. Well, and also it's weakness in Lan because Lan is the one who always covers our tracks. So he should know if Moraine has a tell. Yeah, that seems like it should be like part of yeah. his job yeah. description. It's also just like, come on. A weird word. Like, it's, that's not what yeah. a tell is. Like in other right. things, so not like they're cheating at cards. Yeah, yeah. So, I kind of envision that Moraine is like really like OCD about cleaning. Like you know, like the campfires. Like she just drops the campfires, like bereft of leaves, oh. and they're like, "Oh, that had to be Moraine. She cleaned yeah. everything up. She's very tidy, and that's how you follow her." Actually, I, I imagine that she like dumps hair out of her hairbrush. Like in I mean, head, like, it could be a lot of hair. Something. You could track me by my hair. Yeah, sure. Left behind. Yeah. I'm sure she's losing some hair. It's a stressful couple months. Here <laughs> yeah, she's her. looking increasingly frazzled. Yeah, even her voice is. I just even her voice is getting affected right. in this episode. Like she sounds very different now than she did at yeah. the beginning of this season which I think is super interesting. Oh, yeah. for sure. And just yeah. at the end of her rope. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lan says, you would let me go without you, basically. Let me go out in the fight without you. Uh, she says, uh, you need to bring Rand back to me. Lan says, you're remarkable. He says that a wisdom... She says, a wisdom never weds, but let's do some... Sm- that. Maybe if I go to Tarvalon, maybe I'll end up being something other than a wisdom. Here's a quote from, from Lan. I will hate the man you choose because he is not me, and I will love him if he makes you smile. You are as beautiful as the sunrise. You're as fierce as a warrior. You are a lioness wisdom. He sighs, then says, tell me how to find him. Um, not crazy about the writing here. It feels really, really rushed, this idea of, you are the, the beautiful thing in the sky that I awaken to every morning. <laughs> Let me be poetic after like one yeah. night with you. Yeah. I feel like it's too much. Yeah. Um, it's a little corny. I do, however, like the front end of that dialogue, which is, mm -hmm. I will hate the man you choose because he is not me, and I will love him if he makes you happy. They should have ended it right there. Yes. So that line, that specific part of the line, I believe, is directly from the book. Yes. The Mm -hmm. second part is not, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the second part isn't, I don't think, because he doesn't really... He sort of calls 
naive wisdom in the books, but not like as. But as it's much. only like relatively early yeah. on. Yeah, and like it, it has a slightly different context. So like the, I'm not the man for you. Like makes Wisdom. more sense when he yeah. says it. Can I can I just give a life lessons with Lee out there to all the would be romantics. Like, oh, no. let's not, let's not use similes. Like, that you are as beautiful <laughs> as you are like the sunrise. That's fair. Meh. That's a little juvenile. Let's not mm-hmm. use that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can just state your feelings without trying to compare somebody to a bird or a sun. So, hey, I wasn't crazy about it. But I did like the front not end of it. Not a fan of Shakespeare here. I did <laughs> like the right. front end of it. And I thought, I thought it was pretty interesting that he immediately is jumping to who she's going to bond with. That his mind has already gone there. Right? Yeah. That, that shows that he does have some, like, long-term thoughts mm-hmm. about their, where they're going to go. Come back to Rand as he sleeps, and the it seems like the blight is starting to take over his hand. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up. That was real, like, stressful for me yes. watching. I was like, oh, I do not mm-hmm. like this. Like, mm-hmm. things grabbing me while I'm sleeping. This is, like, the, the weirdest... Do um, not. Yeah, yeah. The weirdest Absolutely iteration not. of, like, sleep paralysis I've ever seen when the forest actually, like... Oh, has y'all ever gotten sleep paralysis before? I'm looking mm-hmm. at the region. No. I have it's crazy it is the worst thing yeah you basically wake up and you can't move but you're you you can see anyway no thank you yeah it's it's pretty bad i've I've learned to deal with it now because i do it so much that like i i'm used to it but like it's pretty scary the first couple times you do it and that's kind of that's a good good example it feels kind of like what's going on here right it's a good simile it's like thanks yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's call it a diagnosis not a simile (laughs) and then he gets up and moraine gets stabbed right through the back of the throat stored coming out of her mouth gonna say two things about this one didn't like it didn't like the visual because i'm a big moraine guy but two overdone with the through the 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 back through the stabbing through the back coming out of the mouth we have to figure out different ways to kill people i mean and we've already seen that like multiple times in this series that's what i'm saying yeah it's it's overdone in this series we need to move on from that um i think before this we get um dreams of great meaning yeah Um, yeah the first iteration like as soon as he wakes up Mm -hmm. she says what did you dream dreams have great meaning yeah and and then she gets that yeah um especially here this close to the dark one yeah right can we see the dark one uh at this point he has a a face mask that kind of looks like the blight Mm -hmm. and Rand shoots a bolt into his eye he pushes the eye inward and the weird mask kind of goes in on his face and then we see what is on the x-ray described as ishmael the man yeah i'm gonna call him ishmael not the dark one is that okay yeah that's good so i wanted to uh point out that we see this mask a lot uh, throughout the series so far and uh, we've seen it in many of the dream sequences so far like the burning eyes and the, and the uh, mouth I was focused on the, the, the mask itself you're right it yeah. was burning eyes mm-hmm. there that's a good catch yeah mm-hmm. yeah so every time we've seen is it the dark one every time Rand have a I dream and then Perrin had his dream with mm-hmm. him in it it's the same yeah. person I'm going to say this about Ishmael well dressed individual good looking guy Giant snot. I'm gonna. Snosh. You're gonna see the bat, the battle within me, just like there was a battle within Rand. I think I might be on the side of the dark one. I don't know. <laughs> I just think he makes a lot of sense. Stuff Making some good points. Yeah, I think I might be part. I might be a dark friend. I'm I not mean, sure. Dana did a good job, you know, expounding on some of the the philosophy of the dark one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, you know, I I did find myself at multiple points in the Star Wars being story like, oh, being like, I yeah. don't know, man. The Emperor seems like he's got his shit together. <laughs> Um, Rand tries to get away from him and he asks, what's your, um, what's your plan, Luis Theron, right? So he goes, he, he's calling him the name from 3,000 years ago. Yep. And Rand says, this is a dream, this is a dream. And the guy goes, what, what does it matter? 
You're asleep or awake, what does it matter? We finally have a chance to talk. It's pathetic, you know, coming at me with a single Aes Sedai at your side. The last time you, you came with 99 companions, far stronger than her, and still you failed. I want to go back to that. Have you even touched the power before? Do you even have an idea what you're doing? Rand pulls a blade on him and Ishmael looks at him like, bro. <laughs> and he, but he does notice the heron mark on him. He says, where does that come from? And the guy goes, my father. He goes, ha! Your father? Give me a break. That's not your father. Boy, your father's been dead a long time. You mean that shepherd in the two rivers? What's his name again? Tam Tamal Thor? Right. Oh, you really think he's your father? That's sweet in a way. Hmm, interesting. Did you would have thought the dragon reborn... Who would have thought the dragon reborn would be a fool? I like that we kind of like got a... I feel like we got a little snippet like actually right into the Dark One's brain in this moment where he is like literally rubbing his temples like what am I even dealing with here? This yep. kid is an idiot. I thought it was like a, a shout out to like all the people who think Rand's stupid. I think, I think it's yeah, 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 yeah. You're just a dummy. Um, oh, and and I, I love this line, the potential line of the episode for me. Who would have thought the dragon reborn would be a fool? Every turning has its surprises. I thought that was really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes on to call Louise stubborn. He's still calling him Louise. And he tells him to put the sword down that he can, uh, or Louis, 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 yeah. Uh, he tells him to put down the sword that he can tell him what it really means to be the dragon. Um, so that's the first real, like, face to face, like, no pretense bullshit mm-hmm. of Ishmael talking to Rand. And yep. it happens in a dream. Anything we want to talk about with that sequence? I feel like it's important. Um, I, I think the important thing here uh, is that uh, Ishmael says that the Aes Sedai won't tell you what you are, but I can do that. Yeah. They'll mm-hmm. keep it from you. Yeah, this this access what it to really means new to the dragon knowledge. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing, you know, he's calling out the heron-marked sword, so... That seems to be an important thing in the world. That he even knows what that is. Right. is he seems a little so impressed by the sword. Yeah. symbol, maybe. Mm-hmm. He seems yeah. impressed by the sword. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. Like When he first pulls the sword, he looks like a kid. But when he sees the heron mark, he does. He's he like, huh, yeah. oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Rand wakes up and Moraine asks him what he's dreamed of second time this happens. Mm-hmm. Right, this yeah. is real this time. Moraine's still alive. Shout out. <laughs> still with the living? Yeah. I mean, dream. there was a little second there when she turned toward him and I was like, oh, she's going to get the sword through the throat. Right, right we're, again, yeah. We're st- stuck in this iteration and then she didn't. Thank goodness. And um, she again reiterates, dreams are important, especially here. Like, tell me what it mm-hmm. was. And he says it was the dark one. What did he say to you? I don't believe a word he said to me. This is this felt to me like Rand is taking lessons from Moraine. That he is saying a thing that is true, but it is a slant of the question that she asked mm-hmm. in the yeah. first place. Yeah. Reject the premise. Yeah, and he does this multiple times this episode. Yeah. Um, I think he's, and we get a little bit more of this later, but coming to grips with like what it means, what he's going to do and what it means. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, yeah, he can have this conversation with Moraine, but like, if she's not going to tell him this is what it could mean, then like, what's the point of him sharing? And I think he's sort of like fully in on himself a little bit. Yeah. And we sort of see the culmination later. Yeah. And it also, it felt to me like, um, there, you know, there was like 10% of Rand that was like, hmm, there's an appeal to this guy. He's making some sense. Yeah. And he didn't want to address that with Moraine and he's fighting yeah. it. So he's like, I, I hate that guy. He's yeah. the worst. Yeah. 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 Um, Rand then pushes Moraine as to what her plan is. Thank you, Rand. <laughs> Speaking Thank for you. the audience. Right. Yeah. you got a plan within a plan. We all know you have aces yeah. up your mm-hmm. sleeve. Like, what come are, on. Why mm-hmm. are you, me and you just going, you know, and it's interesting that he asked this question immediately after he talked to the Dark One. The Dark One goes, well, the last time you brought 99 of these women and I kicked all their asses. 
what are you doing with this one? I think that got in Moran's head. And he was like, whoa, Moran, like, what's our plan here? She then pulls out what I'm going to call kindly a plot device called a set and grill. Um, very nice, very nice that this just shows up. Uh, this is one of my big criticisms here. I know it's from the books, whatever. Well, no, that's not say, what I was going to say. Okay, we've ahead. seen it before. We've saw the sand grill before. Yes. Okay, tell me about it. So at the very beginning of episode one, where she's when getting she's dressed. getting ready and she's getting dressed for her quest, she puts on her you know big um, big shouldered cape thing and whatever, and she wraps up this statue. Okay. Um, so it, we do see her. So prepare good. So with good it. catch. I'm with you. I agree. Hundred percent plot device. Yeah, right? my beef is not that she, that the, she that, that it's consistent that she had this thing in her pocket. My problem is that we've not exposed the audience to the fact that there is this power out there. You know, it's kind of like I'll draw the parallel to Star Wars. Like, you know, Rey is fighting the Emperor in Rise of Skywalker, and the Emperor is all powerful, and she has she's basically been trained for two weeks by Leia, who's not even a Jedi herself, and all of a sudden she can like I don't say channel all of the old Jedi. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. one fell swoop, and that defeats him. And it's like, where really? did that come from? Yeah. Where did we establish that that could occur? Like, yeah. I, 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 I trust that this is in the books. That this is a thing. It just seems so convenient that she's like, oh, here's a thing. And oh, by the way, there's the power of all the men who've ever channeled ever. And if you just tap into it, you'll kick his ass. Eh. Yeah. So a couple. Just my opinion. I, yeah. I, so I agree that it would have been nice if it was introduced a little sooner. Um, I will also say that in this turning and how they're doing things in the show, Moraine is a little less knowledgeable than she is in the books for a lot of things. And so I think taking what she says with the grain of salt, where she will say things that she believes to be true, whether or not they are true, is a different story. Okay, well, she does explain this thing. That's also a good thing to keep in mind. She does explain this thing. She says it was made before the breaking of the world, Mm -hmm. back when we had flying spaceships and stuff and everything. It was really cool. (laughs) Yep. Um, 3D printed. Created from the one power itself. Created from the one power itself. Thousands of male uh, channelers put the entirety of their strength into this one small object, and when you channel into it, it will increase your power a hundredfold. That's the part to me that it's like... It's deflating because it's just like... Oh, okay. So now here's the secret weapon. Here's the secret gun. Yeah. You know, I, I, it just I, it doesn't. If there had been, a, if we had established earlier on that the one power could be, I don't know, amplified by, amplified by these things, objects yeah. or something. So because maybe it we have, have felt it, so convenient. We have yeah. it amplified between individuals, like living beings. I yeah, said I. The link, ge- yeah. yeah, the linking. Like we un- we understand that the power can be. Um, kind of coalesce together through linked usage but the introduction of the object with yeah. it's a it, i agree it is extremely convenient but also just extremely convenient to be introduced right this second yeah it it's done differently in the books like again you know it's it's a choice that they made um and i think the yeah but what did you think did you like it or not I don't like how they did it. Okay. I, and and what I think they kind of expected, and, and I don't understand how this rollout happened, is I'm pre- I believe that we got the x-ray information about these items of power 
when they talked about the doorway that uh, Moraine had and Swan had that for their little meetup. Because that seems like the closest thing to a Sangra. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so that and the Oathrod are, are other things of the power. They're called Terangriel. As I remember in the X-ray, they explained some of that, and I think they might have like put in this little blurb, but it might have only been at the end. And so, again, if you're super into it and you're going to all the extra stuff, like yeah. you'll, you'll know, but... Without it, 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 it's a little bit of a Chekhov's gun. It's, it's like, it, all right. Yeah, and what... what There's a good phrase for Yes. It. What bothers me, I think, about this whole conversation is that if you're actually telling a story well, it should be self-contained in the episode. You shouldn't have to go to, like, these reference things to right. get the right. background yes. of... Yeah, they. I think that they... It seems to me that maybe they're relying on the x-rays. Maybe maybe in their planning of the season, they thought, okay, well, we'll put some extra... But in practice, people yeah. aren't going to it. Or at least I, I'm yeah. not seeing a lot of people going to it. And it doesn't seem obvious how to get there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't... Like, I'm not trying to pretend like like uh, everybody's going to think like me or something. I'm just trying to say my opinion as somebody who's just being introduced to the story. I would have probably preferred... And I know this probably isn't the same book. I would have preferred Maureen to just go... Well, you're the dragon reborn. We're just, we're just gonna we're riding with your power, dude. We're just rolling the dice that you're gonna be strong enough because yep. that would yeah. have made more yeah. sense than I've got a magical object that you can channel through and therefore beat him. Like that that, that to me seemed too convenient. I'd rather them been yeah. like, well, you know, I don't really have a plan other than the fact that you're the dragon and you're supposed to be super strong. So let's roll. That's actually really interesting because like what we what we already have put a whole bunch of like asterisks around him being the shit, the dragon reborn and what that means and what it yeah. can mean for him. Yeah. So why not just lump something else in there? It's yeah. And he's supposed to be the strongest yeah. channeler of the, of yeah. like the age. Mm-hmm. And so, and we've seen nothing yeah. to yeah. that level. Yeah. Um, and what I was going to say is like, I think that it would have been nice if they had like some of the extra content, like maybe a stingers or something like that to actually have people watch. There's a good idea. It. Yeah. Um, I like that. And, or at the beginning or something. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. the, within the self-contained episode yes. that Sarah was talking yeah, exactly. about. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't have to go elsewhere for this information. But Mar- regardless, yeah. we have the song real. Now, yeah. And yeah. Rian asks what he should do with that power. Moran says he should put the you should put the dark one back where he belongs, where he can't touch the world again for another three thousand years. Rand. Just that. <laughs> That's the only thing. Anything else? Cool. Great. Yeah. Oh, you want prize with that? <laughs> you want super size? Moraine walks off. Rand, you thought it would be a Gwen, didn't you? Yep. You taught her to channel. You introduced her to the Amarillan seat. You thought it was her. At this point, if you stop the dialogue, I thought this was actually good writing. If you stop the dialogue, yeah. I thought he was mad at her. I thought he was mad at Moraine. And then he said, so did I. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that is a good, that's a good turn yeah. within that dialogue. Because I, I, I thought he was like, giving her shit like you did you didn't believe in me and instead yeah. he's saying i feel like i'm kind of fucked here because i also thought it was her which mm-hmm. is, yeah. is an interesting reveal and so this is like one of the scenes that really frustrated me because if everybody thinks it's it's Egwene, why does uh moraine have the sangriel that has like all these male challengers in it and i mean i guess there's some extra stuff that we point. haven't really been introduced with uh, in the main stories is that they are keeping like the, the male side and the female side of the power separate. We do get that, I guess, in the cold intro, that the the source is tainted for men. Mm-hmm. What, I, what we don't have, which I, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. Again, very minor spoiler, Angriel, Sangriel are tied to a gender. 
or, or tied to male source and female source. So the idea is that a queen couldn't have tapped into the side. Like, correct. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and so, so I wouldn't have known that. Either. Right. But she didn't. Well, Marie didn't know that when she was packing the thing, though, right? In that she first scene that we. Well, she didn't know where. Who knows what she knows? Yeah. 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 Right. So and like what she believes, and it like it gets down to a weird thing. But like this just seems like you know if you have any presence with the books, which you know there's a lot of talk that you know. A lot of the shows geared towards people that have read the books a while ago or interested in the books, stuff like that. This like doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there are a couple of these in, in this yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. And this this is one of the medium ones, not the biggest. I never ones. asked you directly. What did you think about the introduction of the Sangreal? I mean, are you with us that it was like not really well done? Or, I mean, it, did it work for you? No, I don't think it was particularly well done. But that's because, sort of, as a book reader, it was like, well, hold hold up. Like, where, where did this come from? Um, the other thing is, I mean, I guess this isn't so much of a spoiler, but this isn't really the same as the books. So basically, like, Rand does use his power. Like, he he just has a power. He doesn't actually amplify it with he anything additional. He doesn't need additional. a thing. See, I would have liked that better. Yeah. And so, I mean, this whole scene is just done differently in the books, and... It's interesting that they did something separate. So I'm actually, I'll be really curious to see what you think of this scene and how it's done. A lot of people don't like a lot of things surrounding this scene. But I think that there are parts of this this uh, scene in the books that, that are well done. And That's right. That's right, folks. I'm reading the book. Hey, can we commit to, if I read the, the Eye of the World, the first one, can we come back and do a pod about it? Absolutely. Sure. I think yeah. it would be a great idea to That'd do like a, really, a linker really between fun. the next season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to read it, and then we'll come back into a pod. So this is not the last pod that we're going to do on season one. Um, cut back to Egwene walking up to Nynaeve. She asks her what she hears, and I need nothing. Ever since the day I channeled, I hear nothing. I thought that was... No, that doesn't... That's really... That seems very strange to I me. I don't understand yeah. that. I just don't understand Because it. Well, we still can't hear it. It, it right? has book like, explanations, sort yeah. of, but not a good one. Okay. Okay. I think it's a good one. It's not. She can still hear the wind in the books. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. I'll put that on the list to talk about when I'm out of here. I need to ask her uh, if she heard anything. She listens, and a green does hear something. She hears mm-hmm. screaming, getting louder. It's like... Is that crazy? Like, uh, it really does sound like a trollic story. Yeah, it does. Yep. Um, she snaps out of it and tells Nynaeve that she heard the same thing she heard at Beltane. 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 Um, something wrong. Uh, but if it was a whisper, this is a scream. So mm-hmm. it's like, I think this is the first, is this the first indication we get that like an army's coming? I think this is like the first real. I think it might yeah. Be. I mean, yes. last episode we talked a lot about, oh, there was a lot of talk about the potential for. Yeah, an attack. But now Attacks really from getting, new yeah. directions right. and all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, cut to Rand and Marine uh, again walking through the blight. A lot of, a lot of walking. A lot, a lot. This is Lord of the Rings. Did you enjoy this, PJ? The walking, the walking and talking, the Lord of the Rings. We're going, we're just marching, we're just going. I mean, <laughs> trying to trigger him. He hates Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> while they're walking, they heard something, and Marine <laughs> harnesses the power. Rain pulls the bow, and it's just a branch falling. And they kind of mm. like, eh, well, false alarm. Rand then asks her, he says, Teach me how to channel. Very pertinent question. <laughs> Extremely. This, yeah, this seems like a like, fair request. All right. Well, it's like, can you please help me with this? Because I like we've sure had I a lot of walk it. going. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to at least talk during our walk and talk? <laughs> like, are you just like going to just you know? And this is like one of the in. rare instances of like great question, great counterpoint. Because Moraine says, "Look, I can't. Every time a man touches the source, you get closer and closer to the madness. Basically, we're not going to use up your like." 
You have Sanity. like a till. You've got a till of times you can. This is how it's portrayed in the, in the show to yeah. me. Is that there's like a, a till of like times you can, mm-hmm. as a man, you can touch it before you absolutely go bonkers. And we're not going to do it unnecessarily. You're only going to do it when you have to. It's basically how I framed or heard what she was saying. Yeah. BJ's not happy. It, it's not <laughs> the same a, as a, the books. It, it's, it's, it's not the same as the books in, I think, when and it's a relatively they bad way. changed it. Right. Um, and, and so, like, it's a very... She just gives, like, two pieces. Of, it's This would be a lie if they're not continuing to actually go with, like, the book explanation because either she could teach him how to channel and, then, and she doesn't want to, but she says she can't, and, and that's 100% in line with the books. And then there, there's a line that we get much earlier in the season about, like, a... Is it a gender fish... thing? Women can't teach men? Yeah, it's a gender thing. Okay. And, and like, a fish teaching a bird how to swim or, mm-hmm. or something like that that we did get in episodes back. And that's, you know, really sort of how So would it have been it. easier for her to just say, I can't. Women can't teach men. Yeah. It's right. different. Yeah. Right. That's exactly. all it oh, that's, literally okay. needed to be. All right, but let's... But let's Try to, for the sake of conversation, yeah. ignore that piece. Do right. we think that her explanation works with what we've seen in the show? And I kind of think it does because they really made a point of showing the madness creeping into Loghain. They reaffirmed it with Matt potentially on the edge of channeling. Uh, Tom Maryland as well talking yeah. to Randick. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of stuff that they've done to establish that when men channel, they go crazy. So I feel like this explanation from Rand works and is consistent with what we've heard. I That's I, fair. I think it's vaguely consistent but if everybody has the same amount then like doing it one more time like you know just a little bit of shoring up like probably is it going to change I, like i just i don't know it just seems well like i didn't read it as like as like they all have the same number of times that they can channel but i think that the my generous reading of her point is like we don't know how it many... It could be the first time. Yeah, we and, don't like, we know. Have no idea. Especially and, based on how powerful you are as the sure. Dragon Reborn. That's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. We don't know what's going to happen the first time you channel, so, like, let's not... And yeah. you're not going to learn to channel real well from me teaching you on this walk into right. the blight right. like, for the next 20 minutes of the show, so... Yeah. Let's just not chance it. Yeah. Okay. Well, ultimately, what she's explaining is that I can't teach you because um, you'll go kind of nuts when you start doing it. But um, when you face him, the fear, the adrenaline, you'll embrace the one power whether you want to or not. Rand, what if I don't? Moran, you will. Rand asks how she can be so sure. Moran then tells a story about a teacher she had at the White Tower. This is a, another woman who I guess saw potential in her. And Moran was having trouble channeling. And the woman, um, I'm going to say used corporal punishment maybe <laughs> corporal teaching i don't know how you want to say pretty aggressive she'd bust yeah. up in a room late at night and beat the hell out of her with the one power basically until moraine was able to channel to stop it mm-hmm. that is um, that is yeah a teaching method that i did not learn in my pedagogical courses <laughs> but yeah. it seems so effective it does seem like it worked <laughs> i mean this is kind of reminiscent of boxing right where it's like somebody keeps dropping their their right hand right mm-hmm. in boxing you got you if your your boxing stance is normal you have to keep your right and left hand up right so keep left hand high and if you keep dropping it somebody can pop you right mm-hmm. and so often what they'll do is they'll get in the ring and they'll just pop them every single time that left hand goes down until they keep the left hand up i think that's kind of the same idea um, it just sounds really brutal. It does sound really <laughs> right. brutal, but it works for me because yeah. I've, I've learned a little bit about like teaching people to fight and stuff. And they, they, mm-hmm. do, they do some of that like in, in, mm-hmm. in boxing and UFC, uh-huh. I think. I don't know. It kind of worked for me. So I mean, it sounds really brutal in Marines telling us yeah, specifically. Yeah, 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 yeah. She says the word lashes. Yeah. Yes. That's a brutal word. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, th- this is unsurprising. Yeah. So 
I think we talked about it with a previous episode with the one where they were all in the White Tower, but Leandrin comes and, like, touches Maureen, like, very Mm -hmm. intimately on the Mm -hmm. hair. It just makes me wonder if maybe Leandrin could have been that sister. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I like that theory. So, I don't know, and that's certainly not, you know, something we have from the books at all. Yeah, but it's interesting. Like, maybe we'll get more information about that at some point. That's a really good theory. But it it would seem to track. Theory time! Theory time! Maureen says, I promise you when your life is on the line, the power will be there. When it comes to you, you channel it into this Sangrel. I actually think this is pretty consistent, though, with what we've seen from Nynaeve. Mm -hmm. Because Nynaeve basically is able to do it when things are going bananas. And that's when she can tap into it in a really strong way. I Mm -hmm. think they're kind of drawing the parallel there. Like, Rand, when you're in a similar situation, you'll be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when you do it, use this little plot device. (laughs) Uh, Cut to the seer in the bar. Uh, this is the lady from the last episode who yep. can Min. see the future. Men. Men. Uh, Loyal, Perrin, Nynaeve, and Egwene Stormet. Egwene is demanding answers. What did you tell Moraine about Rand? She responds that people's secrets are their business, no one else. I kind of like that she keeps that, mm-hmm. that code. That's kind of yeah. nice. If you can yeah. see somebody's future, you probably don't want to blab it yeah. everywhere. She then asks if Rand is going to be all right, basically. And the men says that's not how it works, I'm afraid. I, I can't really... It's not quite that linear. I can't just (laughs) tell you beat by beat what's going to happen. Yeah, right. The seer then says uh, the things she's seen, good and bad, they all come through. Then through the seer, we see Nynaeve burning. Mm -hmm. And it seems like she's burning, like right, like dying. She's falling down. Yeah. And some of the soldiers being killed, stabbed, maybe uh, throat slit, it seemed. Mm -hmm. And then we hear the horns blaring in the distance. We know from all fantasy series, horns blaring means army coming. Yes. (laughs) Not a false alarm here. No. They don't do drills. No, yeah, all hands on deck. Cut to Marina and uh, uh, Rand walking again. Rand asks her what it is, and it's the Dark One's army, I guess. Yeah, um, we see like in a like they they can sort of see the gap still, and so we see a bunch of Trollocs in the background, like at the gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rand explains that the only way to stop them is to defeat the Dark One. It's uh, himself. Yeah, um, this is classic. We can't we can't destroy. The colony, we can only destroy the queen bee. Yeah. Let's go mm-hmm. kill the queen bee, and it kills the kills the colony. Get Beyonce. Um, <laughs> he's got to the Black Falcon. Mm-hmm. He's on the march, getting updates from his men. Our men in the fortress have spotted at least sixty fades amongst them, so there must be five thousand to ten thousand. I'm I don't understand this line at all. Can someone help me? Our men in the fortress have spotted at least sixty fades amongst them, so there must be five thousand to ten thousand. What does that mean? There, there's a fade to Trolloc ratio. Clearly, yeah. It- so that's kind of what like it White is. Walker to White's kind of like one yeah, fade, yeah. and you have a whole bunch of Trollocs to go with each fade. So, yeah, so yeah. basically, what is in the books is that um, that, that it's exactly that they're sort of like the captain of a, a large force. Um, I don't, it's not quite this ratio, but there are um, Trollocs are a little unwieldy. They don't really get along with each other. They they they're kind of lazy. They like and to we, eat things. Yeah, and we kind of saw that each um, other. Early yeah. on in, in their flight from the two rivers, that it was the fade like sort of pushing them along, mm-hmm. um, and and so that's where they sort of get this. Okay, so it's like it's somewhere between eighty four and maybe like a hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty. Um, Trollocs per trade. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say like it's a hundred, give or take. Okay, and uh, she then we, get, we go on, and there's still more Trollocs spilling out of Tarwin's Gap. He asks if they are coming for the city, and they respond that. Well, not yet, um, but two rope bridges have been cut, apparently. Mm-hmm. 
and that is indication that there are dark friends inside their wall. So they've been yep. infiltrated in some way mm-hmm. because there's already been some sort of chaos occurring within right. the city yes, to stop some change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they look out at Tarwin's Gap and they see an army rushing toward it. Um, I think the visual of Tarwin's Gap is pretty cool. Yeah, you know, like that's yeah. almost like that 300 thing of like the, the gap and the army has to come through yeah. it. I thought I think that it just looks really cool. They did a good job. With that it looks cool it. and it's an obvious choke point. Like, you know, yeah. it, it sort of makes sense in your head that this would be a spot that, you know, this is leading out from the blight where sort of the Dark One's mm-hmm. presence is, and this is a good place to stop them. Also, um, we, we, we do know that there, there's a way beyond that, and so, like, it sort of has, like, all of these, like, webs of, like, what's happening in the world why maybe they have more access to that because everything beyond Tarwin's Gap is no longer um, in the control of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he's re- he's taking his personal guard and they're going to go to the fortress at Tarwin's Gap. The king is going out into battle. He's leading yep. himself. Shout out to the guy. You know what we need you to do. Um, his sister, Lady Amelisa Jagged, um, mm-hmm. Gonna call her the loser of the episode. Oh, can I get it? Whatever the opposite of Tavern of the Week is, that's her. <laughs> yeah. Bottom of the power rankings, Annalisa. Um, says the gap one. will not hold. Cut. She says, gap won't hold. We're in trouble. Cut back to Random Rain. They end up near a pit. So, in essence, what happens is they're walking through the, the blight and they see a large pit that has a series of stairs that you can go down. It's very large, reminiscent of like Dante's Hell, maybe. Like yeah, this, I was actually going to go to Pan, like Pan's Labyrinth for this. Yeah, this yeah is what it really feels good... like going into, especially with the blight around it, the kind of briery sort yeah. of stuff going down into. I think it's... there are also historical structures that do look mm-hmm. like this. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It just kind of felt like Dante's Hill because because the, yeah. the, yeah. the at the very bottom is the, is the big boss yeah. frozen, yeah. you know, yeah. and stuck there or yes. whatever. Yeah. Um, and Rand says, "This is it. This is it. I know this place. I think I know this place. I'm pretty sure I know this place. <laughs> Something. I don't know. I think maybe." Uh, he turns to look at Moraine and he says, "You said whoever goes with the dragon to the eye of the world will die there. Does that include you?" She gets quiet and he says, "Stay." Mm-hmm. And she just blows right by. <laughs> Um, again, you know, more of me liking Rand. This is Rand. He is about to, he's about to go fight the biggest boss this world's ever seen. And he doesn't even know how to channel yet. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking, how can I help the person next to me? Yeah. Can I just ask a, a question here? I hadn't really thought about this inflection point, but based on where this episode ends up and what happens, if Moraine, I don't think it's in her character to do so, but if Moraine had said, okay. Bye bye. We would have gotten the same outcome, outcome right? Yeah. Because she didn't actually do anything down there that changed the outcome, right? Yeah. So she feels the need to go because she has the plan to slit his throat if he turns to right. the dark yes. side before he can actually the free the guy. Yeah. Correct. She, yes. She's sacrificing herself to ensure yes. that he doesn't flip right. to the dark side. It, I understand it's, it's why Raiders she's going. Yeah. That's figuring yeah. Yeah, 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 no, that's, that's, yeah. I think that's really helpful context to, to yeah. put yeah. in there. I just wanted went, to think right. through, like, where was the reality of the situation that yeah. we would have had the same? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Question for the group. <laughs> Do we think that Moraine knows just how outclassed she is as far as power with the Dark One. Do we think that she knows that that guy can kick the shit out of her in the way that we see her, see him do? Because if she knows or has any, any indication that that guy is that much stronger than she is, then what she's doing is immensely selfless and, and, and like really heroic. 
Oh. Yeah, I think she knows that she's incredibly mm-hmm. underpowered. Mm-hmm. I I don't. I don't think she knows that that much about what's going to happen and what she's going to meet. And I would say that if she if she thought that she was that outclassed, she, I feel like she's much more of a liability than anything else. Like, you know, I mean, it's it's only presumably by the the grace of uh, Ishmael that like he didn't just tie her up after he. Or, uh, kill her. or just kill her, or, her or like whatever. Like, but what's the point? Of By her? the grace of Ishmael, you're coming to my side. <laughs> oh, no. Look at that! I like that phrase. By the grace of Ishmael. I mean, you do know. How this I is how you're going to start signing out of the podcast now. Yeah. By the grace of Ishmael. You're showing your true colors. So. I don't know. Like, I, you know, obviously, we're we're kind of talking about events that happen later. But I, I just wanted to like, she makes a conscious. Brand gives her the moment. He mm-hmm. stops. He addresses it, and he says. Here's the risk. You know, I know you're under heavy risk. You should leave, yeah. and she still goes. And if she knows that the dark one is that much more powerful than her, then we should look at her. This is a pretty heroic act. I think that she doesn't have any idea how much. I think she thinks that she's going to be up against something stronger, but not like she. I don't think she she knows because I think that she's surprised by how strong Nynaeve is. And thinks that, my guess is that she thinks that there are people that are a bit stronger than Nynaeve. Mm-hmm. Not like... Unbelievably, so, which is what yeah. the Dark One is, yeah. Yeah, it does seem to shock her when he when he uses his, his power. It, yeah. I mean, it, it jars her. But anyway. And I wonder if part of this... Sorry to interrupt, no, but ahead. I wonder if part of this is related to the kind of... We've gotten some hints throughout the series thus far, and the line um, Ishmael do- drops later... Mm-hmm. Um, which is, or I'm sorry, we already got yeah. it from the from the dream. You I wonder, yeah. yeah. Um, and I wonder if, like, her because of the evidence that we get about how much weaker individual Aes Sedai are now than they were previously, and how that mm-hmm. power is kind of leaking from the world, is that she doesn't understand she doesn't the understand power differential power. Yeah. between her and an Aes Sedai from three thousand years ago. Yeah, let alone they were stronger than yeah. he killed. He, he because he's a strong. She's in. a dragon. She's yeah. a strong Aes Sedai now, but that context is completely different than it. Right. And so, and and she's a very strong Aes Sedai. Yeah. And so, like, we are pretty sure that Logan's a little bit stronger than she is yeah. based on, you know, yeah, or a yeah. bit stronger yeah. than she is. But, and, I mean, it's not clear that Nynaeve is that much stronger than, than Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, so possibly, we're really sort of talking degrees. Exactly, though, you know, right? degrees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... And I this is like a completely different... Exactly. Because this is either Luke going to Cloud City and not knowing he's outclassed by Vader and getting his ass kicked mm-hmm. and being like, whoa, I didn't even know power existed that strong. Or it's Rey basically going, I'm going to the Emperor and I know I'm going to die, but yeah. I have to do this because it's my... You know, it's like, it's one of those two and mm-hmm. I, I'm not quite sure where it is um, from Rey. So but it's interesting to think about. I guess the counterpoint to all of that is because of what she knows has happened in the past, like the whole breaking and everything and that all happened with incredibly powerful channelers. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that she would have looked at that and said, I must be at least somewhere in the same class as these mm-hmm. people. But, but there maybe, maybe not. Like, yeah. I, it's also, I don't know, it, it's hard for me to ascribe a very knowledgeable Moraine when 
there's a lot of evidence, some of it in the x-ray, some of it that elsewhere. She's that, that she's just wrong things. a lot. Yeah, a lot of things. I th- so. I tend to think she knows that she's in she's in for it when she meets the dark yeah. one, and she's doing it anyway, but who knows? I, I always assume the best yeah. of her, best intentions. Um, cut to land. He is boogieing through the plague. Boy, he can he can fly through that stuff. And he has already got to the Seven Towers Boogie of Malkier. Boogieing through the blight. Boogieing <laughs> through the blight. Yeah. <laughs> Professional like over here. Uh, the Seven Tower, he gets to the Seven Towers of Malkier and he looks at them and obviously affected, seeing them, mm-hmm. but he just moves on. Uh, I wonder if that's the first time he's ever seen them as an adult. Uh, probably, probably is, right? Uh, he's been in the blight the whole time. He's been at least to Falder a number of times. So but he's probably never actually gone and seen the actual seven towers of Malkier before. Yeah. yeah, we have no or, information yeah, one no. way or another. It's be a really impactful thing. Yeah. yeah. Cut to Lord Algamir getting his armor on, the Black Falcon. And Lady Amelisa is giving him story time about their father. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, in essence, trying to tell him to stay in the city. The app won't hold. He says the men will hold the gap. If they can't, the women will hold the city. He says it's what their family has always done. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> What we face today is exponentially more than we've ever faced before, you dummy. And he says, look, I know that, okay? Yeah. I'm going to drop the facade here. He says, you're right. We should have asked the White Tower for aid long ago. The gap will fall, then the city, and then his armies will pour through the cities and other, and they will storm other cities and kill everyone. The Dark One is waiting. The last battle is here. He calls the last battle Tarman Gaiden. Mm-hmm. Did I actually pronounce that right? I know sometimes I mispronounce things and y'all just kind of look at each other and like, damn, we did it again. I'm trying to, did I do it right this time? Tarman Gaiden? I would say Tarman Gaidon. Yeah. Tarman Gaidon. Yeah. That's like like my head canon. That sounds better to me, Tarman Gaidon. But it is not ours to win. This is, man, this guy is dumb dumb for not working with the White Tower before (laughs) and being too proud. But he does have some gall about him because this is a hell of a sentence he says here. This is not ours to win, you and I. We will we basically we will slow his forces as much as we can while our messengers fly in every direction with the light speed at their heels. Let us hope we buy the women and men of this world enough time to stand a fighting chance. And I am such a sucker for this like moment in yeah. any fantasy yeah, battle too. where mm-hmm. or any well, any any battle in like media at all. The sort of like we are doing our duties in the hopes that Yeah. Um and- We'll buy enough time for everything. Like I, ugh, it just every time it gives me chills. I draw a parallel to what Marine's doing, right? Because yeah. I think Marine yep. is kind of doing something similar. Yeah, I mean, then they're really tapping into a lot of the uh, feel and lore that surrounds the Borderlands and the Borderlanders mm-hmm. in in this moment. Um, and I also think that you sort of get the. At least I got the sense that he didn't think that this was going to happen during no. his reign. Yeah. This, this was just like a, yeah. you know, I'm dealing with internal and external politics between me and the Sedai, and it's like, oh shit, the end is here. Like, yeah, yeah. Like there's now we're bigger stuff coming. Point. Like, and I made a mistake. And and this this conversation and scene particularly is Lee. You always go back to Game of Thrones, but this is very much feels like the wall. Absolutely. Right? Alistair Thorne looking at Jon yeah. Snow and saying we should have sealed the we should have sealed the tunnel before. Mm-hmm. You're right, mm-hmm. but we're going to fight as best we can. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's just a moment of heroism. I'm clapping. I everybody enjoyed it. I'm with Sarah. Though. I'm a sucker <laughs> for it. And she says, "I will not let our city fall." No, she said, "I will not let our city uh I will not let our city fall." Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um they salute each other with a heart tap mm-hmm. and uh we cut back to random marine so um a little bit different thought between the two you know he's like 
we're going to lose, but we're going to fight as best we can. And she's like, ah, not losing over here. Not going to lose. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got to say, uh, Moraine's showing a lot of guts here because she, as she walks down into the eye of the world, to that little pedestal with the symbol, mm-hmm. she, uh, shout out to Rosamund Pike. She looks fucking terrified. She mm-hmm. does look scared. Way more scared. Yep. Rand just looks like he's just poking around. Uh, <laughs> she looks scared. Rand. The benefits of not having any idea what's going on right. is that you just like do to do. Yeah. Rian says, "What was this place? A little bit of lore here." Maureen says, "We have no idea. Every record about it has been purged from the White Tower by Dark Friends. So um, apparently, the White Tower, the Ice to Die, do not understand this place." This is. I just want to point out. I've, I am now in my run of things that I have a soft spot for in narratives <laughs> and stories yeah. and media. The idea of the lost archive. Mm-hmm. That you know the the burnt library at Alexandria and all like all of that kind of stuff. I'm I'm really into that. The idea of the knowledge that was lost um, or do. was perhaps just yeah. destroyed. And yeah, something else really interesting about this scene is it lets you know that the Aes Sedai either are infiltrated by Dark Friends mm-hmm. or Dark Friends have access to their stuff. Yeah, or and that's a problem. Yeah. Yes, but also yeah. the idea. Or had, yeah, sure. The idea that we haven't. really gotten solidified to this extent before that but like the sheer vast amount of stuff that the Aes Sedai have squirreled away or don't know and don't don't know know. yeah Yeah. exactly and and I think that that this episode is sort of really grounding you in how much has been lost yeah since the breaking I'm with Brie flying cars I'm with you Brie like Rain should have been like Wait a second, y'all got dark friends in the white tower? You just kind of slip that shit in. (laughs) So the other thing that that we get in this scene that I really like is that the uh, yin-yang, the black and white, is the ancient symbol of the Aes Sedai. Mm -hmm. And um, you sort of got hints of that in the cold open with uh, Luz and and black and uh, Latra and and white. Mm -hmm. We're not going with that. Marine yeah. asks him what he remembers from the place, and he says, the pieces don't fit together. It's like a puzzle or a dream. Every time I grab onto something, it just slips out of my... Then he sees images of Luz Theron and uh, Ishmael mm-hmm. uh, standing on the spot, standing right there in the eye of the world. I think that's what the eye of the world is. And they're it, just images of, of them, I guess, in the last battle, maybe is what he's seen or harkening back to. Uh, Rand, um, I fought someone here, the Dark One. But it looked like a man. It was here, in the center. There was a symbol, this symbol, the eye. Marine is watching, completely enraptured by this. Because, I mean, it, mm-hmm. you got to think, she's been chasing the dragon for 20 years. And right. she's hearing directly from the dragon memory of something that happened 3,000 years ago. Yeah. This is this is like the best theater ever. Pretty Ryan. stunning. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rand leans down and touches the symbol. And when he does, whoop, he gets transported. And he is now in a house. It looks like a working house. There's like a lot of stuff around. It looks like people have lived in the home. Not, definitely not the Airbnb quality of the <laughs> Swan Moraine <laughs> um, area. This is not quite as nice. And he goes outside and uh, Aguin is playing with the child. And Rand greets her. She asks if he's finished with the lantern already. She says, Matt won't make a proper one for Joya, no matter how many times she will. So this is Utopia for Matt, right? Mm-hmm. This is what the Dark One transported Matt to, is Matt's Utopia, or at least what he thinks, or not, uh, Rand's Utopia, what he thinks Rand's Utopia is. And it kind of makes sense, right, from what we know of him. Mm-hmm. Married to a queen, but buddy Matt's still around. Yes. Still doing Matt stuff. Like, that's important mm-hmm. that that detail was thrown in, because his best friend is still around and in the picture in this utopian world. Mm-hmm. Cut back to Moraine. Trying to wake Rand up. Wake up, Rand. 
And then we hear the Dark One say, what did you think would happen when you came here? And oh, now she's looking at Ishmael. And crucial fucking scene here. Moraine channels, points daggers at him, and with a just move of maybe one or two fingers, pushes back all of the, the I guess, one power that she had directed at him, pushes it down into Moraine. It looks to me like he pulls something out of her, something is drawn out of her because her chest kind of heaves, happens very fast, and she groans, she looks down and seems horrified at what just occurred. I had this, uh, when this episode was over, I I ventured to Reddit. I apologize <laughs> to everyone here, but I did. I ventured to Reddit. Dangerous territory. Yeah. I did. Because I, I wanted to know if people thought that Moraine had been... Um, Still. Stilled or not. Meaning, did he do what we saw the Aes Sedai do to Loghain in the first part of episode four? Or the last part of episode four? Yeah, mm-hmm. shielded or still. Was she shielded or still? Yeah. The internet seems to not know. People are all over the place. I'm going to give my opinion of what I thought occurred, and then I'm going to do a roundtable and we'll talk about it. Because I think it's extremely important for where the show goes from here. Mm-hmm. I think Moraine was stilled. I think he did it. I think the I think the dark one is so powerful that he literally could do it with a snap of his fingers. I don't think she's ever going to be able to touch the one power again, and I think that's what she was trying to communicate with Lan at the end, and I think that's what he taunts her with after he does it. I know nobody wants to hear that. As much as I love Moraine, I hate saying it, but I do think that's what occurred to Moraine, Sarah. So, I don't know exactly what happened to her. I think it's a for me, I think it's a version of shielding, although it's uh, so a, a couple of things the visual of like him sending the power back onto her was very reminiscent of Loghain getting shielded in the beginning of episode four like you were talking about I would like, agree right? with that. Okay. Um, the idea that she can still still feel the power out there but can't get at it that seems to me to be different from what we saw the gentling being. Although I guess it's a little unclear how different stilling and gentling actually are and how they manifest in the world. I don't really sure. know. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing for me is not in this scene at all, but at the end of the episode when Moraine is talking to Lan. And BJ, you have put this in my head that I need to always be paying attention to the specific words that <laughs> Moraine uses. And at no point does she say that she's been stilled. She says she can't touch the source. And that seems... Particular, I don't know, so but I'll I push, think she's yeah. shielded. But I don't understand why. After my the, the only thing I don't understand is why after the dark one is contained again, she still can't touch it. So I I will like just tweet push back a little bit. She doesn't say she can feel it, and Ishmael doesn't say she can feel it. Ishmael says to know the okay. power is there. Okay. Just at the end of your fingertips, but you can't quite touch it. So he's, okay. he's basically saying, you know it's there, That's but fair. you can't touch it. Yeah. That's kind of what he's saying. Bree, what'd you think? So I think I'm going to go with Sarah here, but I, I feel like I there are some other things with this that are probably more book knowledge that are supporting hmm. or maybe modifying my decision. Um, so I'm not sure how much I can... Say there. Okay. But, well, you know, just yeah. voting. She thinks you. You think it's some version. I, of I can tell you for sure. Like this whole thing that happens, where she loses access to access to the power, whether or not it's stilling or shielded, 
does not happen just like that in the books. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any reference to go off of. Okay. Well, that makes your it makes your guess all the yeah. more fun. So mm-hmm. you you're you're voted for shielded, BJ. Um, so I'm gonna also vote for shielded, mostly because of the visuals that we got. We didn't get like a drawing out that you got with Logan, um, where like the power is being wrenched out of Moraine, um, and we did get in the gentling episode that you wouldn't be able to sense the source anymore. Mm. and that's like the light of the like a light in the world goes out for you and that's what makes uh these gentle men despondent and depressed and and often commit suicide so where do we know that she can still sense it where what evidence do we have of that so i like we don't have direct evidence but what ishmael says and what she says like is like it's just out of reach not that like it's extinguished right because i what he says to her is to it, you know, it must be it, it, uh, it must be an awful feeling to know the one power is there just at the end of your fingertips, but you can't quite touch it. I, it is vague, right? But I I would have said that if I had taken something completely away from somebody. I mean, yeah. just because you're you're basically teasing them, saying mm-hmm. you know it's there, but you, you you can't touch it anymore, right? And so I the, don't know. The yeah. last thing that I wanted to add is there the there was an explanation for why something like this happened from Wraith, which was in book two, we don't get a lot of Moraine. And since she's a main character, it doesn't make sense for her to just like be out of season two. So this is something that she's gonna have to deal with and puts a lot more focus on her in season two than would have been um, had they really just gone more directly from oh, the book. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Can I also, just one thing here I want to ask a question about, because we get, um, and this is a piece of jewelry that I would also like to have, but um, Ishmael has the almost like brass knuckles, which were loose therons before. So I didn't know if they were directly his or if this is like a different type of thing. So in the the cold open, we see loose theron when he is talking to his child... What? And Latra has one. And oh I didn't I yes. didn't notice so that. She okay. also has one. I didn't notice yeah. that. Okay. Because I had only seen it on That's him when he was reaching for for the child and then I saw then you see it on Ishmael and I didn't know if that was we were supposed to in my mind it was something that he had taken from Luce Theron. Oh interesting. Yeah. Um Okay. But that yeah, might, may not be the case is what I Every so time okay. that we've seen um Ishmael, he has that ring. It's mm-hmm. just not terribly obvious. Okay. Um, and then, yes, when we see Luz Theron, and then when we see Latra, okay. they all have it. So my suspicion is that that is sort of the, what? So uh, I shouldn't say anything? So okay. So I will say this. I, I slowed exactly. it down. I slowed down the scene oh, with Moraine yeah, and, uh, and the Dark One. I slowed it down. And there is a pulling that cut. Like, it's very fast. And, and like, my thought is that if he's a... Sh- I thought what they were trying to show is he's so strong that when he steals someone, it happens like that. It doesn't have to be the whole yeah. join yeah. my powers yeah. and I pull it yeah. out of you yeah. with a lot of strength. It's I can snap my fingers and cut you off from the one power forever. That's what I thought. I hope I'm wrong. I hope mm-hmm. all three of you are right. I lost the vote three one. I hope you all are right because I'd love to see Marine be able to channel again and be a player. Yeah. I fear that if they he did steal her, that she I mean basically Rosamund Pike probably should just be out of the show. Like I mean she's not she a she's house. not a player. So. <laughs> she's not a player anymore yeah. because yeah. you know you know I even went so far I thought she was still I went so far as at the end when she tells Rand I can't lie I looked at Sarah and I was like wow she's not a nice to die anymore like she's <laughs> not she's still she can't touch one power who gives a shit like I, so that's how that's how far into right. yeah you, thinking you that are, she was still that I yeah, was yeah. right 
Um, what I will say, and this is, you know, to your point, Lee, the, the really powerful thing about this scene is exactly how powerful Ishmael is, yes. regardless of what has actually yeah. happened yeah. to Moraine. The just casual way in which he is able to perform incredibly yeah. Yeah. difficult acts. Ishmael says, must, uh, I already talked about that. Cut back to the gap. The Trollocs are there and the king rides out with his men and they go to the gap. Cut back to the city and a lot of people are leaving. Um, Amelisa says the gates stay open for another hour to allow for... So she's now in control of the city. She says the gates stay open for another hour to allow foreigners to leave, but every Shinaran Shinaran must stay to fight for the city. She says they will take everything from the royal armory. Nothing stays in reserves. All hand on deck. This is not a drill. Mm -hmm. They need archers, and they need to light every torch in the city. There will be no darkness for the fades to hide in. And she says that every woman who can channel... Every single woman who can channel in this whole place. Even a trickle. I need to round them all up. All of them. All of them needs to go out to uh, fight with me. Uh, Like, protect Faldara, the city that has never fallen. When she says this, I thought she'd have like 25 women out there. There was two (laughs) other women in the whole city who could channel other than Uh, Naive. And we we get a lot of evidence later that they really, it is only a trickle. It is a trickle for them. Yes. I thought they were, I just thought it was funny how she phrased it. Like, I need all, round them all up. And it's like, yep. (laughs) We got two. We know who they are, and uh, here okay. they are. This also doesn't seem unreasonable if you think about, you know, clearly Faldara knows what Aes Sedai are and mm-hmm. has a relatively strong association with the White Tower. Mm-hmm. So it seems unlikely that there would be women who can channel that are not Aes Sedai. They'd be like her. Yeah. Unless, they, yeah. Yeah, unless they're yeah, like unless her, they're like where her, they're not quite powerful But, but that's enough. probably yeah. relatively <laughs> uncommon. Like, but this yeah. was an incredibly dramatic call for yeah. all the women. All the women and okay, I, two. I, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to throw this in here. Like We do get like the actual scene a little bit later on that we're referencing to when there are like, not that many total. Mm-hmm. Um, that Some of it was filmed before lockdown and some of it was filmed after because they're really fall far apart. <laughs> Six um, feet, you might say. Is there yeah, six feet distance six between? Feet, you know, maybe they didn't have a lot of extras around to, to get, uh, you know, a couple more people. And so this was just kind of uh, what they had to go on. Okay, I feel like that's reaching. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It could be. Who knows? Um, cut to the sea. I'll tell you this. The seer does, wants no part of this. She's going to hell out of there. She is yeah. out. She's uh, good at that. Along with a big line of folks. Uh, cut back to the men going up to the royal... Um, throne. There's the men that were previously around the king are going up to the royal throne and they start breaking open the concrete underneath it. So apparently mm-hmm. there's something hidden underneath the throne mm-hmm. they are going for. Cut back to Aguin, Naive and Perrin. They are talking about the gates closing and how they'll be trapped in there if the gates close and they don't leave. Well, it all comes up and says they are calling for all women who can channel to protect the city. Hint, 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 hint. <laughs> uh, Nynaeve says, look, I left two rivers to help protect you. I've already lost Rand and Matt. I'm not going to lose you too. So I guess we're getting a little bit of her decision-making into why she's going to go out and fight. Mm-hmm. Um, cut to the Trollocs attacking the Gap. A lot of Trollocs. The king is right there, boy. I tell you. Mm-hmm. i got to give this guy credit. Yeah. On the front of the frontest line. This guy does not play Stannis. Stannis Baratheon. He's out there in front. <laughs> yep. Shout out to this guy. Um, and the Trollocs, um, among them we also see Fades. And it's mm-hmm. a huge army. He says, may the last embrace of the mother welcome you home as he shoots, shoots, and shoots, and they sure do shoot a ton of arrows, but there are just too many Trollocs. You know, Brie, you made reference to maybe, you know, because the show is so popular now, uh, possibly they'll have more for CGI 
I, I was wondering if you were thinking maybe of this scene. Yep. Like this yeah, scene doesn't look great. the Trollocs just, they look pretty flat. And, there are two, two, two scenes that, that it's really bad. The one in yeah. the light that we get earlier on when we get a little bit more of a close-up that it... It did not look anywhere near as good as it did in episode one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so there was there's a clear mismatch of like what what they had going there and what they had you know in these episodes. So here's something yeah. I think I've learned through some of these big budget shows that I followed is that when you start to get a big enough budget, you actually can you actually then eschew CGI like that. This mm-hmm. is that's where it would look good is mm-hmm. if they were able to dress real people up. Yeah, and like have real people yeah. in costumes. Yeah, right. and do. 500 extras, and they right? Could not and I understand they were in lockdown yeah. and all this. I, right. I get that, but I'm but I'm saying like maybe when it, because the show is more popular, maybe they'll have a little bit more yeah. freedom with yeah. how they do things. Um, it, we, maybe we won't see uh, CGI next time. Hopefully, they Hopefully can actually not. have yeah. real yeah. people dressed yeah. up as these things because that's when it really starts to yeah. look good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see that personally because I, I agree this did not look because that was part of why like in episode one, like the majority of the time the Trollocs look pretty good they did yeah because yeah, yeah. it was dudes yeah. on like stilts, on stilts basically mm-hmm. running around yeah. in the woods yeah and it, it was cool yeah yeah um uh, it cuts to the front of the city and we see a uh, lady amelisa she's with two women we don't know um red shirts can we call them red shirts uh, well <laughs> do you one, know of one of them, them? we do think call we know. Red shirt. uh yeah okay. so one of them is the uh Malchieri woman that called her naive sedai Oh, uh, so from, she's from she's yeah, Lance, yeah. Lance, from Lance quote unquote, yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, you know, I call them Richards because they die pretty quick. Uh, yeah, that's why. Uh, mm-hmm. that's they why sure do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a green and. So yeah, I have a up. quick question though about yeah. this. When we see Amelisa here, so she is the one who took their father's or their grandfather's armor. Mm, unclear if that's his armor or just her armor. Okay, it just looked it very looked similar like to the one. Looked looked very yeah. similar. I thought that she I thought had it was when, the father's. Yeah, when her brother had said, no, oh, I need my armor, armor yeah. that she then said, well, fuck it, I'm taking this armor yeah. now. <laughs> no, I think she did. But I, I think don't that, know that that's clear. And but, that plays yeah. into yeah. her hero complex. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She's, yeah. she's like, I'm going to save the city yeah. even if yeah. I die trying. Well, turns out. Yeah. Could happen sooner. Yeah. She says, Moraine's too. I shouldn't be surprised. Obviously, Moraine would be traveling mm-hmm. people who can channel. Um, and she says, no, we're no, this is 90th. We're no ones but our own. So pushing back on that. We're not Moraine's too. I mean, that's 100% naive. Yeah. Classic. Perrin is, Perrin is with Loyal. He's wondering why he has to just sit there while everyone else is fighting. He's kicking stuff. I'll kick this damn thing so hard. I'll show you how much I care. And Loyal says, I'm standing. Um, <laughs> we have one off. joke in this whole episode. <laughs> Here it is. Perrin, Perrin cuts him off. He asks, what are we supposed to do? Just watch our friends die? Loyal says, no. In my experience, if you want to help and you don't know how, all you have to do is ask. Basically, Perrin, ask me what to do and I will tell you that we can help. Or we could go, me and you could go ask other people how we can help. Mm-hmm. Either way, even if we're going to go the way of the leaf and we're not going to be violent, there's probably things we can do to be useful, so shout out to Loyal for a little life lesson mm-hmm. there. Life mm-hmm. lessons with Loyal. It's a oh, that segment. is, uh, that's, the, that's the bonus content I, I would like pay that. for. Yep. <laughs> um, and it's also interesting that when Perrin gets out of sorts, when he's usually the one that's sort of level-headed, that Loyal is, is well, generally level-headed. Yeah. yeah. Not, not putting a long handle on his axe. Cut back to Rand in his vision. He's looking around, and it just doesn't seem right. You can see him starting to question the wheels starting to turn. Mm-hmm. He asks her how long, her, Egwene, how long they've been there, and asks if she wanted to get to the White Tower. She says, you want to get to White Tower? What's going on? Rand then recalls a moment when they were little. They were running away for some reason. Yeah, something your mom said, Egwene. And then they got as far as the water would, and it was raining. 
It's getting dark. They stopped. I spent the night there in the morning. We weren't as mad as we were before. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So we went back home. But before we left, we carved something into the tree. Do you remember that? What it was? This is basically a memory test, trying mm-hmm. to figure out mm-hmm. what I'm looking at. It, what I'm, me, Rand, what I'm looking at, is it real? This is an attempt to do that. I don't. I think he was underestimating the Dark One's ability to give him a, a visual Clearly. here yeah, because yeah. she answers it spot on. Our mm-hmm. place for this life and the next forever. She gets the answer right, blows him back. It's you, it's really you. He kisses her and then whoop, Westworld style. Westworld, it just stops. It's happens yes. all the time yes. in Westworld where the, the bots just stop. And the Dark One approaches. Uh, this is Anthony Hopkins walking up to him. Right? <laughs> you see, this is um, a vision uh, of what could be her. We can ask what it means. Did no one tell... This is the... Now we have mm-hmm. the Emperor in Luke's ear mm-hmm. saying, oh, let, let, let me teach you a little bit about the dark side of the Force here. He says, did no one tell you what you could do about the power inside you? You can remake the world in your image. Make it whatever you want it to be. This, if you want, I can show you how. Gotta say, pretty enticing. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty enticing thing mm-hmm. for pretty much everybody. You'd have to be a pretty good-hearted person for that not to be like 1% enticing to you that you could make the world... And exactly know, the way you want it to be. Yeah, and we know that this is something that really speaks to Rand, right? Like, all he's ever wanted is to just have his little mountain home, have mm-hmm. the girl that he's always liked, and have a nice little family. And it just shows, like, yeah, yes, the Dark One can do something, whatever he did to Moran, with the snap of the fingers. That shows his power, but this also shows his power, too. That, like, he yeah. he somehow knows enough about Rand to give him the perfect image to entice mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. into that side. I mean, this guy is not to be underestimated, hence why I am now a follower of Ishmael <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm dark um, I wonder what he'll choose, light or dark. So we're cutting back now. When yep. you hear this yeah. this word, this sentence is the transition back to the, the, the Dawn vision where it's just Moraine and Ishmael. I wonder what he'll choose, light or dark. Moraine then pulls a knife, pulls mm-hmm. it up at Rand's neck, you think I'd, and she, said, she says this to him, you think I'd come here without knowing what I was walking into, did you? Basically saying, I, I knew he was going to have this choice, and I'm prepared for this, and I'm going to kill him if he starts to turn. We see Amelisa and the women standing outside the city gate watching the gap. She says, light, help you, brother. So they're basically watching the battle from afar. Yep. Then we see the king fighting, and whoop, a spear impales him right up against the wall. D-E-A-D, dead. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. the king. Come back to Ishmael Thrand. He explains that the world, everything we know, it seems so stable, but it can all be gone in an instant. Then with a flick of his hand, Egwene's neck is slashed and starts bleeding. Rand yells for him to stop. After a while, he does. He even toys with him in the middle of it. He goes, I thought you'd think this wasn't real. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. What's the problem? He is just, I mean, just yeah. like absolutely playing with, with Rand here, mm-hmm. showing just how strong he is. Rand whispers, what? And Rand looks at the baby, looks at Egwene, looks at Ishmael. How do I make it real? And this is where you're like, uh-oh, this is trouble. Yep. How do I make it real? And Ishmael says it's simple. Simple, more simple than you can imagine. So it seems as though Rand is starting to think, well, maybe I can just harness the power that Ishmael can teach me here, and I can I can just move that way instead of what the plan was with Moraine. Cut back to Ishmael with Moraine. He's looking at her with the blade to Rand's throat, and uh, the, she's getting the blade, blade tighter, yeah. and yeah. there's starting to be some yeah. blood. Uh, and I think this is smart for Moraine because I think that, you know, I, I'm thinking about her plan and I'm like, she, there's not going to be a lot, if there is a period, it's not going to be very long where she knows that Rand's turn, yet she still has power to cut his throat. And mm-hmm. I honestly don't think her plan would have worked anyway because when Rand decides, when he starts to channel later and he decides to fight the, the, uh, mm-hmm. the Ishmael, 
he's up before Moraine can even do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel right. like if he'd have turned, Moraine wouldn't have had a chance to cut yeah. his throat. I think this is just her feeble attempt to keep some control over the situation. That's yeah. my guess. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, I, would agree. I think, yeah. And I wonder, too, a little bit... Um, I mean, Moraine didn't know what the Dark One was going to do. I think I, I think I agree with you, BJ, that there's a lot that Moraine doesn't know that is troubling as we move into the like higher stakes moments of yeah. this episode in the show. But I do wonder if part of her plan at this point is also, you know, simply to keep part of Ishmael's attention elsewhere yeah. while he's also dealing with Rand in this sort of dream world mm. utopia. Yeah. I know unclear if that's true or even how effective it is given Try how... Try to keep him off his game a little bit? Yeah. I, I think that's a, direction. A, like a good interpretation for it. Um, I guess what I would worry about, and Rand doesn't question uh, that we get sort of a little bit of a, a Star Wars moment where, uh, what's his name, Ben turns, turns to the dark where... You know, Moraine's standing to to Rand with a knife, and he's just like, "What are you doing?" Like, I know, you, I guess I know you said like, if we turn dark, like you you wouldn't hesitate to kill us, but like, I didn't turn dark, and I have a big gash on my neck. Like, what are you? What doing? happened? Yeah, lady? That's yeah. Luke, Luke over. Yeah, exactly. Luke over uh, Ben Solo um, about about to kill him. This is that potentially. When Grogu dies, I just want to point that out. We, we still don't know yet. That could be really big. I know. This is, that, that could have been a situation with Grogu, but we'll, we'll figure that out later. Check it out on Mango Talk Star Wars. Um, back to the city, there's a knock on a door, and we hear this. The Kingfisher flashes above the pond. Mm-hmm. This is apparently some sort of secret code, because she opens the door immediately to mm-hmm. women um, and said, Who gave you those words? And it's, Is that Pod and Fane's music? Pod and Fane enters the arena, ladies and gentlemen. Fades in. Woo! Fades in. And two fades kill the woman. Done. Pod and Fane walks in. Cut to the throne room. Parent and we all get to something in the ground. So they said, how can I help, apparently? And it's like, hey, you can dig. (laughs) We we got some pickaxes. (laughs) Y'all got muscles. Check. I don't mean to minimize this. I think this is such an important lesson. Like, Maybe I'm just being like, it's an overly sentimental, but like, I love the idea of like the, all hell is breaking loose around you and you're like, how can I be useful? Someone tell me how I can be useful. Even if it's one discreet small activity, mm-hmm. I'm going to help the best way I can in this moment. I love the lesson there. Um, then Perrin asks what it is and they say the horn of bloody Valeri. 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 The horn of bloody, bloody Valeri. Valeri. That's great. Horn of bloody Valeri, lad, to be blown at the last battle. Um, to call the pattern's greatest heroes to stand at our side. They explain it's for the dragon. Without it, they won't stand a chance. So this is, I'm, I'm guessing, something in the book. If it's not, then they're just... They're it's something in the book. Crazy yep. as hell. Also interesting that Moraine maybe didn't know about it, doesn't have it with the dragon right now. Yeah, she seems mm-hmm. to not know about it. Um, so they're saying that, the, but in essence, what this thing is, is that if the, I, I'm guessing the dragon has to blow it, and if so, it will call all of the, I guess, heroes of this turn of the wheel to come help them in the battle. Um, would seem to me this thing would need to be taken out of concrete before this moment. Like, I, I, <laughs> would I, would it, I would have had it somewhere near. Concerning. It's interesting to me, though, that they felt the need to hide it in this way. So mm-hmm. that would show mm-hmm. that it's... It, it doesn't need to get into the wrong hands, and it seems that Pod and Fane is actually the wrong after hands. it. He's <laughs> actually after it. Yeah. So um, we know, I think, through this explanation, what it can do if the dragon blows it. I wonder what happens if the Dark One blows it. Right? That's, yep. that, that's where my mind goes. Yeah. Cut to the gates, and the army is through. Nynaeve comments that there must be 10,000, 20,000. Uh, Aguin says, does this mean Ran? Did he fail? I will say this. 
Acting's not bad in this show. It's not bad. Lady who plays the green cries a little bit too much. Every single thing is like <laughs> crying from her. Like, have we noticed this? Like, she does it in this in this instance too. It's like, if it's like almost like her her cues like where it says be emotional, she just Cry. immediately cries. Well, and I think it takes away the. I think I've mentioned it before on podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. takes away from the levity of some of her responses. Yeah, I think she goes really quick to oh no, Rand died. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, I can also see her being real on the edge about everything all the time like mm-hmm. you know people that would react like this and are just at their wits end through this entire time sure i, I guess so just... i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility it is but a little that is a little bit like yeah it's it's the difference between well yes that's a real world reaction but it's not yeah it seems to me that like she could be more powerful if she just saved that. She she clearly can crown command. As an I, I, I think that so do she might have some growth over the next couple of seasons yeah, if hopefully. she survives them. Yeah, because right now she's just real. Oh, she's going to survive them. These characters have some plot armor. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, yeah, and cut to Perrin. He sees Pod and Fane again, flash, and he stops and goes to walk toward him. Cut to Rand. Ishmael tells him to look into the baby's eyes and to empty himself of everything, to turn it all into want, turn it all into desire want that little girl so much she simply is and then we see that Rand starts to channel now release everything everything inside you let the power flow through you like you're an open sieve don't fight it i mean this is just extremely reminiscent of star wars where (laughs) where the emperor is telling luke let the hate flow through you open yourself Mm -hmm. up to it Mm -hmm. let it let it consume you it's the same thing he told darth vader it's just a, I mean, it's just a fantasy trope, and that's okay. I, yeah. I don't mind yeah, yeah, it. It's yeah, just yeah. something. I, I only bring it out as a reference point for people to be able to connect. Yeah. BJ, you were rolling your eyes during my recap here. What, what about the scene? I had nothing like? to do. With, yeah, it, it's just. Uh, I didn't think it was me. Obviously, I was yeah. crushing the recap. I was just <laughs> crushing what, you, what you didn't like about it. Um, so it, it's just a a weird difference that they're going with the show and the differences between the male and female power that don't really matter probably but it's just like a, a little bit of an eye roll that that, that that's what they're doing and it and like it does it it doesn't change their story like it, it doesn't seem like they made the change for like a good conscious reason and i feel like a lot of the things in this episode are like that and you know there isn't a good reason for a lot of these changes from the books um and we'll probably get into that a little bit in the the second piece but it's yeah. it's just tough can I am, am I reading too much of it? In reading into it too much to say that it seems like when men channel, there is a white, like sort of a cloud type thing that's moving around, and a dark one. And I don't see a dark one when women do it. That's you are a correct great read for what what they're showing. Yeah, and I would also say when you watch Rand channel for this moment, he it takes a long time for the black. To overtake. appear, yeah, yeah, and overtake, yeah. When well, we've um, seen it before, I, it has sometimes honestly, been much, yeah. yeah, it almost comes almost yeah. immediately. So, like we saw that with Logan. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what they're going with there. I have some speculations. Yeah. Um, so we'll get, but that, it is into that, the theories. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, and um, I think is interesting, and I'm pretty sure this is the case: the number of flows that are behind somebody gives you some sort of in of their power we'll see a little bit more of it in the amelisa and mm-hmm. her thing well it's um, yeah it's the number and the transparency it and, seems and like to the, be, the right? weight like of it. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah we cut to ishmael talking to moraine and he says rand is channeling he's channeling now 
uh, and she doesn't even know, he's saying, you don't even know what he's channeling to do to break my chains or to strengthen them. I just want to back up and talk about the stakes of what's occurring here for people who, who might be a little bit lost. So it seems to me, tell me if I'm wrong, that the, at some point in previous history, the Dark One was imprisoned. Mm -hmm. And he was imprisoned in such a way, and so powerfully, that only the dragon can break him out. He can't, basically, he can't get out, and there's no Aes Sedai strong enough to do it. It's got to be the dragon that either, that breaks him out. But, by that same accord, if the dragon decided to, they could, he could actually strengthen uh, the, the, the whatever keeps him in there, and would, could potentially peel back some of the strength that we're seeing from the Dark when he's starting to get more powerful, right? Pull the plight back, maybe, mm -hmm. reduce the armies, because he could minimize the power by furthering imprisonment. That seems to be the stakes to me. I, I just feel like people might get a little bit lost about what, what Rand's being asked to do and why maybe someone else couldn't do it. That does seem to be the way they are setting it up. Yeah, cool. I think I think that's right. I think yeah. what what is a little bit confusing to me is, and maybe Bri, you and BJ could comment on this or not. <laughs> Seems like they um, can't talk about it a lot yeah. right now. Um, but what is a little bit confusing to me is that is this distinction of the Dark One being imprisoned but gaining power, like the blight is spreading, like some of the things that are holding him seem to be weakening mm -hmm. in some way. So it's unclear to me if, like, yes, I think Rand as the dragon reborn could just let him out at right. this point, right? But it's unclear to me if he is eventually going to get out on his own. Regardless. Yeah. yeah. That's we my question. That, that's what doesn't make a lot of sense to me, is that, like, it seems like he's imprisoned, and mm -hmm. he needs a dragon to break him out. But somehow, as time continues, he continues to like seep out like marginally. And even Moraine says you would put him back for another 3,000 years, which the implication there is that after 3,000 years, he might start to again. seep out yeah. again yeah. and somebody would have to put him back in. So it's I think, confusing. you know, again, to go Great back point. to Star Wars references, I think this is the, you know, if we can get Luke to the dark side, that'd be great. But if we don't, we're still going to take over the galaxy from the Emperor's point of view. So, like, I, I think this... I think the intent is a little bit more the Dark One would love to get the dragon on his side, but like he's gonna get out either way. And it doesn't, so but it doesn't seem to me like it's just being on my side. It seems to me I need you to bust me out of jail. So so if that was the case, then the then protecting Ren from the Reds doesn't make sense. Why not just steal him? Why not kill him? Like, why not just kill him immediately? Like, what, what's the point of him doing anything right now if the Dark One isn't going to get out? Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So, so it seems to me that maybe the Dark One just gets out a little bit over time. He could bust him out completely now if he wanted right. to. Right, yes. Um, yeah. But and eventually it, he exactly. would get out eventually. Yeah. It's a slightly different power dynamic than Star Wars, right? Because, like, the Emperor was complete, in complete control um, of, the, of the galaxy, it seems like maybe the Dark One is not complete control. Right, it's just yeah. kind of marginally gaining yeah, power exactly. over time. Yeah. Okay. And it's, so it actually seems like the stakes are, well, um, the Dark One is framing it as he could break me out or strengthen my bonds when he's talking to Moraine in the scene that mm -hmm. we just left off from. It seems to me that the reality of the situation is that his main goal, no matter what else happens, is I need him to get to not strengthen my bonds, Right. He yeah. doesn't necessarily have to break me out, but I what I would, my desired outcome from here right. is that this does this thing does not happen. Yes, right. 
Yeah. And if you if you're annoyed with all the Star Wars references, just just in your comments, just be like, I hate Lee, because these guys would not do it if it wasn't for me. I'm, I'm totally forcing, forcing Star Wars upon everybody because that's how you're, I uh, you're, you're forcing forcing Star Wars upon everybody because that's how that's how I understand it. That's how I'm able to understand what's going on here. Um, cut back to the city walls and all the one powers flowing through Amelisa. You can I mean it's very clear what's going on in the same mm-hmm. way that we saw through Leandrin when she was um, gentling Loghain. It, it's the same visual where the one power is connected with the four people behind Annalisa and it's connecting to her and mm-hmm. the power is sort of culminating into her. She screams, I need more. Does not go some. <laughs> As she does, the other two start to burn. Other two women start to burn right away, the red shirts. They're just, it doesn't take long for them to crisp up. Can I do it, Captain? Yeah, it doesn't take long. And so right away we know we have problems with Annalisa. I'm going to say this. She was not the right person to be the lead of this. I don't think I'm going out too far on a limb. Might have been a good idea to have a Gwen or Nynaeve be the lead here. Well, but they have no clue how to channel. At least Amelisa has had training by the tower. True, but the, I'm talking about like mentality. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, 100% agree with that. She's just clearly, the person. Yeah. It, it goes to her head, yeah. quite literally. Quite, yeah. Um, so a, a, a tidbit <laughs> that like un, we, we get at uh, some point in the books, but... Uh, the Aesodai are trained both in the one power and in being like resilient people. Mm. Um, and so you could also like take some of the bent that like she just didn't make it through because she wasn't a resilient enough person. Mm. And she, but she's relatively strong. And so I think that plays really a lot into like she can't control herself around the power. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. And it, it just seems to me that she is. She does not seem too affected by the fact that these two other women just died. It does not yeah. stop her in her tracks. Mm-hmm. She doesn't seem to notice or care at all, and she keeps rolling. Um, cut to the throne room. They drop the case with the horn as they hear Fade screaming. Cut to Rand. He is um, channeling hard. He's really channeling. And mm-hmm. Ishmael says, make her yours. She already was. She already is. Make her yours. I, mm-hmm. You know, this is like... I like I. I, I joked in our, our trailer about this show, like, man, there's a lot of women in this thing. But, like, there, it clearly is being written as, like, some sort like some sort of t- like, take on maybe the way the power dynamic should work with the, the gen- gender and women or a comment on it in some way. Gender is ever-present in this story, yes. right? Like, we can't yes. get away from that. And him saying specifically, she will be yours really seems out of character for this story writ large. We don't ever get this concept that women belong to men in this world. I mean, we even get, like, I think we get fairly reasonable parody with that, where, like, the the whole scene with Nynaeve and, and Lan, it's like, oh, she owns you. It's like, hold up. Yeah. Like, that's not how that, like, this works mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so the, like, when he's, the, even the, the way he's saying it should jar the, yeah. the, the right. watcher yeah. of like wait a second no she doesn't yeah. own yeah. no nobody like women yeah. aren't owned by men in yeah. this world right. and it jars Rand it does hit Rand right and um, uh, Rand looks around the power flowing through him back to the women the one power uh, going flowing through them I but again when they're doing it I don't see the dark the way that I like right. that, that, yeah. it's really yep. apparent in these yep. two scenes because you're seeing Rand yes. in the dark and you don't really see it really back and forth yep. yeah absolutely um like protect Faldala, the city has never fallen. She says this again. She then uses the force of the one power. She's using all this one power. Boop, it goes up to the sky, and then bam, she's able to attack the army. It's kind of similar to what we saw 
what's the green that we saw Fargo gain? Alana do. Yeah. On a much smaller scale. Yep. When she told everybody, just get the hell out of here, I'm gonna handle these guys, and it went up to the sky and then back down to the earth and went pop. And like basically destroyed everything in front of her. It looked yeah. like a bigger version. Yeah. yeah, we also had a yeah. little bit of an episode one where there was like some lightning strikes that that Moran did and and some blasts yeah. of the Trollocs. But yeah, yeah, again, a different scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it seems to me that um, that my read on this situation is that uh, this this lady um, who's doing this, Amelisa, uh, Amelisa, yeah. the head of it, this would have worked on a small scale, and she could have disrupted the army. But the, the whole wrench in this operation is that Nynaeve is there because the power that she's generating through this action is way more than she ever expected. Probably mm-hmm. more than, than anybody would expect because of yep. what we know about Nynaeve's power. Because I'm watching this with Sarah mm-hmm. and the whole time I'm commenting on this going, oh no, no, Nynaeve's giving her too much power. No, 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 no. Nynaeve, should be <laughs> this. Nynaeve should be out of this. This is a problem. This is a problem. And it is a problem, right? It's like a yeah, fire yeah. hose versus a garden hose. Yeah. yeah. Before yeah. it's a problem, it's a big benefit because yes. it does destroy the whole it's a, damn It's a nuclear fucking bomb. Like, And yeah. I think yeah. I, my read on it is it's all because Nynaeve is there and she's tapping into an amount of power that no one expected her to have. Not even the Dark One because yeah. it destroys the whole Dark One's army. So um, what I, I will say said. that yeah. I think... You're also supposed to see that Ewing's not on par with Nynaeve, but like she's way a lot of power coming in. Yeah. And the so evidence of that yeah. is that she survives as long as she does. Yes. So oh, she no. survives as long as she does. And again, like the thickness and the number of flows yes. going into yeah. her. Like, yeah. yeah. Something That's probably a good to yeah. pay attention to yeah. in future seasons, because I think that'll be a really good indication for the viewer as to how much this person can channel when they do. Because it seems to be that they are they get filled with the power with to like their capacity and then do whatever they want to mm-hmm. do and that's how they're showing how strong somebody yes. is. And I just wanted to say too that like th- this moment and exactly what we're discussing with the the um kind of ropes of power and all of that is a really deft and well done storytelling device on cluing us into what Egwene's potential actually is that we yeah. just haven't people have talked about Moraine has talked about specifically, and well, she's but, strong, but, but Moraine has talked about Egwene being so strong, and like we really haven't gotten any. Right. No, we've we gotten little gotten flashes. Yeah. I didn't think she was. Yeah. I know she didn't. Exactly. Did and, and that's the other thing that, like, I'm frustrated that they didn't. Like, I picked up on it because I've been like looking for this, right. and I don't think the casual viewer like immediately picked up on no. you know the 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 weight of the the power going into them, the number yeah. of flows going into them, and stuff like that, no, which. It's disappointing yeah. that you know that, it out. Yeah. that Moraine didn't say something like that earlier on when she was teaching Egwene how to challenge. Oh yeah, because we all like could that. have been on the lookout for exactly. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is why the casual viewer needs to be listening to this podcast because <laughs> that you, right there. Uh, no, yeah. but honestly, Important like I, I honestly feel like a listener. Sometimes I feel like a listener, and I can I can see the benefit the listener would have of our podcast because like <laughs> I would not have known to look at how like yeah. what's going in and out of the individuals as a indicator of the strength all I knew going away from it was that Egwene had to be a little bit stronger than I thought she was yeah. because she survived as long as mm-hmm. she did right. mm-hmm. um, but my thought is still that like I, it felt to me like when Amelisa started this thing that either Egwene or Nynaeve should have walked over and been like okay I know you have a plan but Here's the deal with Nynaeve. Let me explain something <laughs> because this is about to get real fucking serious. She's the 800 pound gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. Let, me, let me explain a couple of things that she's done and what the Aes Sedai have said about her. Yeah. Um, so it seems like a really bad plan all the way around that 
has some positive externalities. Yes, but a bad right. I yes. also, something that annoyed me is I don't understand why they couldn't have all linked while all of the men were up there fighting. Uh-huh. And like, practice something. Maybe like, you know, toast some grass. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Lee had exactly rock. this do, point. Do it was like, is this the first time you want to be doing why don't this you right, practice right this now? Yeah. And yeah. I thought that was a really do some astute point. And with yeah. that, like, Amelisa, yeah. Amelisa might have actually yeah. been able to manage the amount of power coming into her because mm-hmm. she would have been like, okay, I know this is a lot. I can deal with it. But it's also, there is, the counterpart to that is, would she have wanted to manage it? Right. Or would she just burn out the other two women and then they would have been a little bit more SOL? Yeah. I mean, I guess they couldn't have had her practice it because the the, the story here is that once she gets a hold of it, she won't let it go. Um, But I I had the same reaction. Sarah pointed it out. As we were watching it, I was like, we should have tested this first. And if she'd have tested it, she would have been like, it had been like, you know, getting in like a, a, you know. A Ferrari? Yeah. With like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, like a Ferrari the first time and like hitting the gas and being like, oh, holy moly. Like, I need to be careful around the corner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so as this is happening, other two women are burned alive. Aguin and Nynaeve are still alive, but it's clearly hurting them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to me, maybe I'm on the margin, it seems to me to be hurting Aguin a little bit more than Nynaeve, but they both are hurting. Yes. Cut to Rand. He grabs, um, uh, he, he, uh, basically the, the, um, Ishmael says, you can remake the world in your image, boy, make it what you want. And then we have the line of the episode. This is the face turn in wrestling. This is when you're heel and you turn face and the crowd goes crazy. What about what she wants? Shout out my guy, Rand. I love this whole sequence. This is like, there's a lot of things wrong with this episode and stuff. But like, I just, I absolutely love this part of the plot. As much as I love her, as much as I want this... I know that she doesn't. And he just goes, no. Like the um, Ishmael. Yeah. And it seems to me, my read on it, is that Ishmael's just thinking like, damn, hadn't considered that. <laughs> yeah, no, it is like, literally never wrong. Damn. Yeah, but it, this is like the beauty of this whole thing is that like he, it, it is physically impossible for him to have considered that, right? He lacks the empathy. Yeah. Empathy. As we were talking about before, this is the moment where like Rand's, the, the real inflection point is that Rand is an empathetic human being. Yeah. And Ishmael just never... That that's not there. Right. I just I love that he has this reaction. It sucks that like he has to have this reaction for her to be stay independent. Like he, yeah, he has to be the one to decide her fate. That fucking sucks. But I love that he's like no, like I don't I don't want her. I don't want to make her. I want her to be her person. Like, yeah. I don't want to yeah. force her in anything. Right. Yeah. He says um, that woman who doesn't care about being a wisdom, being a nice to die. That's not the woman I love. Rand stands. He grabs the sangrel from his pocket, uh, holding it, channeling through it, and looking at Ishmael. Moraine watches on, and we see massive explosion. This is when Moraine just pops up. He pops up like maybe a little bit faster than Moraine was expecting. Again, <laughs> I'm not quite sure the knife on the throat would have done much. Probably a little deeper cut after his pop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he he just gets right up, and then we see a massive explosion that blows the dark one back. But 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 dot 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 ellipses. He smiles as it's mm-hmm. happening. And when I saw yeah. that, I thought, fucking hey, Like, this thing didn't work. Like, I'm, it might be like a blip in his radar. It mm-hmm. might have been an unfortunate situation. But we all know that when the big boss loses, he goes, he dies going down the, 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 the shaft, you know, when the emperor is in the shaft, going, no, <laughs> crying. That was a far cry from the reaction we're getting from the dark one here. He's smiling mm-hmm. as it happens. And so... You know, the idea here is that maybe he wasn't defeated. Yep. That's the visual mm-hmm. I got. Mm-hmm. Anything on this this scene? Yeah, the face turn from Rand? 
Nope. I liked it. Rand's pretty yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. It is true that, to like, Rand. I, I think that there, there was... We needed... I, I think we might have needed it a little bit more before this, but I'm glad we getting this fleshing out of Rand mm-hmm. that... Rand fucking rules. This guy actually... <laughs> I was so wrong about him. I like him a lot. Maybe that's why they call it Randland. I think he's awesome, man. I think this was such a great moment. And it's like, how cool is it to like choose light over dark based on wanting someone else to live the life that they want independently mm-hmm. of you and you know, mm-hmm. what you're going to force them into? Like, that seems such a, like, such a great place to come from to choose the light. Yeah. It doesn't come from, oh, I've always heard that I'm supposed to be on the light yeah. side. Yeah. Or, yeah. oh, I really like this Master Yoda guy because he's really cool. It's, no, I'm choosing it because this is truly the way that we should treat each other as humans. You're saying this, this is, is the, the way. way. It's awesome. I, think it's just, <laughs> I, I really dug that part. Yes. Of it. I think this yeah. is a, a great part of the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, cut to Perrin walking through the castle. He hears swords fighting and screams for uh, Loyal and he goes into the throne room and they're all dead Pod and Fane is stabbing Loyal doing them dirty uh, there's a lot of fighting on the internet about this mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna call it time yeah. of death 6.27pm theory time Loyal dead I and guess we'll see yep I think he's dead um, we'll talk, talk about it in theory time yep okay is it theory time I can hear yes Whee! cut to the outside <laughs> Amelisa still channeling I am not letting go of this car. Uh, I'm in. Man, she got feels, the main line going. Feels yeah. tight, tight around the curves. You're not getting me out of the driver's seat here. And Nynaeve is yelling, "We right stop them! They're dead!" You're like, "Hello! What are What's you wrong doing?" With you? And yeah. she says, "I can't stop. I'm gonna call bullshit on that." And Gwen yells, "Nynaeve, I'm burning. Pretty horrific." Nynaeve yeah. tells her, "You have to stop, or you'll kill us." I'm Lisa still channeling and is smiling. Mm-hmm. And this is when I think. Even the most casual of viewers get a sense of what's going on here. Is that it just tastes too good to her? The power yeah, feels yeah, too good. Yeah. yeah, and I mean we've talked a little bit about this before that there is some aspect of the one power that is kind of like a drug that yeah. you know that it has that euphoric quality, and she has just gotten the biggest dose that maybe anyone's gotten in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that right because of how like the the reaction. Of channeling or um, of gentling, yes, yeah. Like, that's exactly. how we yep. know yeah. that it's drug-like because yeah. when you take it away, Logan basically didn't want to live anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we also get that a little bit with Leandrin and like her getting to channel the power of six sisters and and like we have a yeah. lot of like seeds here, but this is where we really get the exposition. Yeah, she says, "I can feel the whole world, every breath and gust and stone and life, everything we see. A uh, one power pulls again." Uh, no, sorry. Uh, I, it, it. Um, I feel the whole world, every breath and gust and stone in life. End quote. And then um, we see another one power gust sort of pull from her again. Aguin now is actively burning. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Nynaeve uh, crawls over to her, grabs her, and seemingly takes in the one power from Aguin somehow. This this yeah. doesn't make yeah, a lot of sense. Yeah, she sort of gives her back Join a little. It's unclear. It's a little confusing what she does here. She said, then she gives the I'm I'm dying life lesson, you know, the sort of like mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna kick it here, so let me this, tell you this do it. This is hearkening back to the women's circle ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah the life yeah. lesson here. To be a woman is to be always alone and never alone. Feel your braid and know that we all stood before you, we all stand with you. One more one power gust. It burns Amelisa through, killing her. Seemingly burns Nynaeve through, killing her too. 
Egwene is still alive. I don't understand anything that happens in this sequence. I'm sorry, I'm just a bit confused as to how 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 is Nynaeve able to pull it to stop it from going into Egwene? How is Nynaeve able to stop um, Melissa from doing it? Uh, how does Egwene survive? None of it makes sense to me. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't I don't think we have good answers for you. Um, I, I will say I think I think Amelisa burns herself out slightly before Nynaeve is actually completely dead. Yeah. Is my thought. So, if, so that maybe yeah. If you look yeah. at their eyes, yeah. You can see in the like the the ones that are burned out. Mm-hmm. It, it like it's legit, really burned. Actually, yeah, charred. Something that, that I didn't really think about, but like I think that they're making a little bit of a connection between that and the dark one, where like their mouth the and eyes, eyes yeah. are like completely burned out. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are very similar visuals. Yeah. But I went through this episode a bunch of times with on the TV on the computer to try and see like did they actually like let Nynaeve have some like not completely burned out eyes right. and it really does look like that didn't completely happen because what is it? her eyes didn't completely burn out right um which i mean it's still a really shitty thing to do to the viewers that aren't gonna do this but yeah. for a whole bunch of things in the books later like if they just pulled out that Egwene just like heals Heal nine from that yeah. and and being burned out it's just it's a problem yeah, well, so, it, so, so so what we're problem, yeah. yeah what we're arguing about here just to kind of clarify yeah. for our listeners too is is the the question is is Nynaeve dead and therefore Egwene re- resurrects right. her or is Nynaeve still technically alive therefore it's a healing right not a resurrection so I'm exactly. gonna say this either way they fuck this up because if if Nynaeve is meant to still be alive. Yeah. It doesn't at all look like that. No, and yeah. she has yeah. the like gaspy, like coming yeah. back to life look. Yeah, yeah. it's really. Yeah. And yeah. the second thing is, if it was the other way and she's dead and Egwene resurrects her, it makes zero sense that you can resurrect somebody with the one power because yep. why didn't they resurrect Alana or whoever died before? No, there are that doesn't make like yeah. There are a whole bunch of problems, but she does sort of have the same like intake of breath that Lan does after he was healed from like the brink of death. I mean, yeah. like, they do stuff like that. Sure, like, yeah. it's, it's but it was his throat, so he was gas. He was gasping for breath. That made more sense. I, I'm just saying, like I hope that they're not doing that. Nynaeve was dead because it's going to create a lot of problems down the road. Yeah, and so like I, I'm I'm just going to say like there are tidbits that say that that's not exactly what happened. That she wasn't burned out. And that's going to be my headcanon because otherwise I'm much more on the side of the internet hating this episode. Did Nynaeve or Amelisa fall first? I think Amelisa fell first. Yeah. 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 And so I think that the the thought there, Brie, tell me if I'm wrong, the thought there being that the the connection to this ultra-powerful one power has broke broke before Nynaeve was actually dead. Right, yeah. And you still have problems with, like, how did she take it from McGween? How did, how yeah, did oh, yeah. all it's, of a sudden... It's, oh, yeah. it's so confusing. Like, it is. Uh, it, this, this is before we even get to the resurrection, which when we get there, I'll complain about that. <laughs> this thing is just... It's a strange sequence. I mean, yeah. This this is... This scene was probably the most hated scene uh, uh, on the internet. And I, I'm fully on it with sure. them. Like, I... I did not like this at all. The only thing I do want to defend this scene about, because I thought that this was really cool and really effective, is the actual visuals of them burning out. Yeah. I thought that was super well done. It ends up being super creepy with their eyes burnt out. It does. Um, Like, that that actual 
I think Especially when we've complained so much about the CGI in this mm -hmm. episode. Like, I do want to call out that, like, the way that they did the burning out for the one power yeah. was pretty cool. It, it does look cool. And it also, we had inklings of what might happen. Because, yeah. So we had, like, the power under Leandro's yep. face when when she mm -hmm. was in, mm -hmm. in the circle. And so this is where... With Nynaeve a couple of times, yeah. yeah. So I predict we will find a dead body at some point with the eyes burned out. Yeah. And then we'll know. Yeah. And, and they will know. Yeah, and then yeah. you'll know what it is. Yeah. Cut to what happened? cut to the lieutenant in my army, Pod and Fane. Mm. Um, <laughs> he says, "Do you think it's a coincidence I came to Two Rivers every bell time that I dragged myself up to those fucking flyover states, mm. <laughs> that piece of shit place? Do you think I go there just to sell lanterns? Are you crazy?" Perrin goes, "Why, you tavern? There it is. Mm. You are tavern." All five of you, vocal points of the wheel. So this is where we get the word tavern, which is where mm -hmm. from our segment, which I thought was cool. Usually there's only one, maybe two in a generation. Five of you in one village. That's what Marine saw. That's what my lord saw. Mm -hmm. We know what he was working for. That's why we sent the Trollocs, not to kill you, basically to flush you out, to bring you mm -hmm. our way, to get you here. Then he goes on to explain, we need the dark. We need balance. Balance means that you may turn to the shadow, some of you, maybe all of you. Uh, so he, he, he's doing a couple things here. One, he's explaining, look, I, I'm not going to waste my time at Shitty Two Rivers. I was there watching you guys, my lord mm -hmm. sent me. Two is um, we sent the Trollocs to flush you out and bring you here. And three, he tries to give a justification for following mm -hmm. the lord, a very quick one, which is basically to say we need some balance in the world and the dark one allows us that. And what I like about this explanation, this justification from Pod and Fane, is it is different from the one we got from, da was it Dana? Yeah. That's yeah. her name, right? So we're actually seeing, what I like about it is that we're not getting like the same justification from different people at different points, it's right? Like people have different little, reasons little for joining the army. Or, you know, the explanations that they've gotten are not the same because they're not real. Well, well, no, I mean, Dana, well no, Dana's explanation for me was more... This is this is my ticket out. Like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm basically betting on this horse because yeah. I think they're going to win, and this yeah. is my way to get now. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's the Spencer mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah mm -hmm. I'm with Logan yeah. Roy because I think Logan Roy is going to win, not because yeah. he's so great. This guy is a true believer. Yes, mm -hmm. he thinks I'm with him because the world needs this guy. Yeah, and mm -hmm. that seems to me to be a whole and, different story. Yeah, yeah. And so what I like yeah. my thing is just that like I like that we're getting those kind of. Um, self-interested justifications whether they've been presented different ways right, or whatever yeah. but like what's interesting to me about it is how different individuals in different very different sort of life situations are internalizing yeah and it is nice what that, this means that for we're them. getting a little bit more exposition of the evil yes because we actually don't get that in the books and i think that is one of the sort of problems in the books is that like why why are people doing this? Mm -hmm. I mean, this doesn't make a it's lot of sense. Sometimes, for I mean, all power and yeah, I mean, some, sometimes like it's relatively justified, but like it's nice that we have a little bit more of like, hey, this is this is like my purpose in in this mm -hmm. machine. Completely mm -hmm. agree. And, and way too often in these stories, the purpose for the people who are fighting on behalf of the dark or mm -hmm. the, the evil is oppression. And that often is not a good enough reason for me yeah. to justify yeah. hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people following somebody as just, just rote oppression. There yeah. has to be some level of allegiance that's getting yes. there. Right. And that's what we get here. And I think yeah. that's really great. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, it's no coincidence that in his, his dialogue about turning to the shadow, we cut immediately to Matt. Mm -hmm. I think this is the last time we're going to see this actor on the screen. Yep. Um, he's like, walking into Tarpalon. I think we're setting up 
fucking I'm saying now we are setting up for a hard mat face turn we are there's so many Matt's gonna be evil Matt's gonna be evil that we're getting they're beating us over the head I think we're gonna see Matt like take the steel chair and hit the bad guy with it and everybody goes crazy I just don't think it's that obvious that Matt, that Matt is, yeah. is evil yeah. like they're just yeah. teeing it, it up too much it feels me. like they're sort of doing the same thing that they do with Rand and Rand was boring 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 oh 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 no he's not boring he's right. the most yeah. interesting yeah. then we see Rand picking up the stuff he's back and he can't really leave Marine says we can't go back to Tarlan yet Rand says not going back I felt it the madness it's true isn't it what they say about men who can channel but eventually they go so mad they kill everyone they've ever loved. Moraine just looks at him and says, it is. Again, I'd like to point out, Rand is a good dude. His concern here isn't, I'm going to go crazy. His concern is, I'm going to go crazy and hurt the people I care about. That's what he. That's yeah. what bothers yep. him. Yeah. Yep. Like, he's just a good dude to his core. This is directly from the books. This, mm-hmm. is, this is like a really nice through line that they have. Rand walks toward her. I have a favor to ask if you just won. Tell them I died here. Tell them I didn't make it back. Moraine, I cannot lie. Rand, your work got away. <laughs> I've seen you. You can do this. He's so funny. Your work got away. You owe me that much. Moraine looks at him and seems to think, yeah, I probably do. Mm-hmm. She, she does look down a little bit unsure. Rand walks away. Where will you go? And Rand just looks at her and says, goodbye, Moraine. I don't think that's the last time you're going to see Moraine. Very time. It's kind of hard. Yeah. I, I feel like they're really kind of that they leaving that open question is like is is he ever going to see her again? I think personally for me the answer almost boils down exclusively to is Moraine still or is she going to be able to tap back into yeah. the one power? If she's truly still, he probably will never see her again because she's just going to fuck off and go live in a farm or something. Um, <laughs> cut back to Pot and Fane. Quote: Today isn't the end; it's the beginning. You thought he was defeated. Ah, there you go. Tiniest push and you choose the dark. Mm. As he's saying this. Perrin grabs an axe. Mm-hmm. He's getting ready to haul off on Podfane. Rand may be the dragon. Still Podfane uh, talking. Rand may be the dragon, but all five of you have a part to play. Interesting to me that he knows Rand's the dragon. That raises the question, like, how much did Podfane know and when? Did he know Rand was the dragon before Moraine knew he was a dragon? Possibly. Mm-hmm. I think he probably yeah. did. Which, you know, that's kind of scary he time for He seems to be Rand. a man with many ability- abilities. That would be that would Man be very terri- that would be terrifying for me if I was the Aes Sedai if I knew that he knew Rain mm-hmm. was the dragon before yeah. Moraine knew. Um, Podfang then takes and the presumably horn. potentially before the Dark One knew because the Dark One earlier says, "Oh, it's you." I wouldn't have expected it to be you. Yeah, yeah, and or maybe that's a um, it's representative of the limitations Dark One has in his prison, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Pottenfane then takes the horn, which is in a briefcase, and leaves. <laughs> Leaving Perrin standing there holding an axe cut to Moraine. She's standing there holding a white piece of rock. She's alone now. That seems to have come from the symbol. It looks like mm-hmm. under the symbol, there was like a breaking or shattering that mm-hmm. happened. Maybe yeah. when yeah. Rand did his thing. And she's holding the glass, and she looks just fucking floored. I thought it was because she couldn't touch the power anymore, and she was in that low-gain depression. Mm-hmm. But in comes Lan. Lan says, you're alive. Where's Rand? Marine just shakes her head and looks up. He's gone. She did work out a mm-hmm. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's gone. Yeah, technically true. Although, I also, I'd be interested in y'all's take on this because I feel like, I feel like Lan knew what she was, said. like, she, Lan knows the truth from her non-answer answer. I didn't think, I didn't, I thought I didn't Lan, I thought Lan was like, okay. I feel it, like sort of, should. Yeah. And it's also like, they're, there's no body. Like, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. But the look he gave, he goes, he looks off like, man. Like, I, it, I but he, that also could have just been because Rand is gone. We've right? been doing it this is, for yeah. for twenty years now, and you're saying like you got him here. You're all 
well, about to say, like, it's not over. And he just, you let him walk off. Like, he's seriously, gone. we've been doing this for 20 years and, and, and we lost him again. I thought I thought he bought it. I thought I, he thought he was dead, but I could be wrong. So like, I did too. Very well. I'll yeah. be in your court for yeah. this one, Lee. I, like I also like I, I think I'm of two minds. I think either he bought it or like there there's this other port part to it. Yeah. Land looks around, says, "Unmask the bond. Let me back in." She looks at him and says, "I can't. The dark one. He. I can't touch the source." And as she says this, she sobs. She really looks pain, and Land just yeah. holds her and and and. Land the look on Land's face as he puts her head into his chest is the look of like oh my god like her life is like oh this part this scene really reinforced to me that she was still like the reaction she's like just sobbing yeah. yeah we've never seen her with this type of emotion before and we've never seen Land really look this way before either so I I don't know I mean I, I, obviously they're leaving it for us to discuss which yeah. is what we're doing yeah but I thought this was evidence yeah. and me watching it in the silo that she was still yeah. Cut to Perrin. He walks out and he sees the decimated Trolloc army. Like, what the f- happened here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. These are all done. You know, Perrin, if you exist in this world through Perrin, every day has to be a real fucking adventure. <laughs> this is she does seem to be the last person shit. to learn everything, all of this, actually. Yeah. Um, he is a little slow. He's like, holy hell, how is that? <laughs> Cut to Egwene holding Nynaeve's body. Then she whispers, come back. Uh, come back. She starts to channel, and as she does, ninety <gasps> and comes back, and they hug. I just have U G H H H H H over and over again because either you guys are right, and she was not dead. Ninety was not technically dead, and it was just a healing, um, or she was resurrected. Either way, it just smacks to me uh, of a show, and I, I, I'm sure it's not this way. I'm sure they're doing this because of the books, right? But this is just what it seems like to me. It smacks to me of a show that just doesn't have any guts and won't kill its character. Anytime shows do this, where they take a character right to the brink and we think the main character's dead, and then, oh, magically, the main character comes back, I always think that's a show without confidence. Shows that are confident will kill their main character and say, we'll be just fine without them. We, we, we work them into this, this part of the plot, which makes sense for them to die, and they fucking died, and that is okay. That's a confident show. Yeah. This shit smacked to me of like... Why do you think it's a confident show? Because of Game of Thrones? No, no, no. For The Sopranos is a great example. Okay. Um, of, or The Wire is another yeah. show that had a lot of confidence that would kill its characters. It, it, confident in a show is we have set up a situation where it makes the most sense for this character to die. And I don't care that it's a main character. Yeah. We're going to kill it because that's what the makes the most sense in the plot. That, yeah. Yeah. That's a confident show. So, and I will say, not to cut you off, BJ, but like I do think that regardless of the confidence or not, it is a problem for the show that we are not sure if she was dead or not when this happened, right? I agree that it is a little gimmicky to even come back from the very brink of death again when we've seen had that happen with Lionel, you know, like, right. And now it's multiple times, which is difficult. But regard outside of that discussion, it is a storytelling problem that we are having this conversation yeah. right now and about whether was she dead or not. Right. Yeah. And and so what I'll say is they're going with a different tone in the show that they did in the books. The 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 show is darker than the books are. Mm-hmm. And yes, there is like fear of death and, and close calls and stuff like that. But I think that because they are taking this tack, they have to do things with plot armor that they shouldn't have to. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it, it, like so a, g- a good example is Westworld, right? 
in Westworld, if a character dies, you damn well know they're going to come back. Like, it is just... It's part of the story, literally. And it it just sucks because there's no tension to these scenes. Yeah, there's no no stakes. That's what I'm worried about here is that, like, now, me watching this, these the five... I don't think there's any way any of that. Like, I mean, when you have Nynaeve literally burn out and fall over and she comes right back within seconds, like, I don't have any faith in any five of them yeah. to die. And, and that's a problem. And so, For me. like, they deal with it very differently in the books. And, and so when surprising things happen, there is either a cost or, like, a very rational... Like, we don't really see, like, people die on screen and then them pop back up, you know, immediately and, and like, you know, with just a a wave of the one power. Okay. And so again, this is, this is a problematic scene. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm having a little, like, are you, are you, is your, your frustration with the show or is your frustration with my commentary on it? It's with the show. It's not, not your commentary. So, so so I think your commentary is right on point. It's, it's a hundred percent on point. And I think your problem with the, the show is like, uh, a an inlet of what the book people have a problem with because it's just like well why on earth would you depart from the books in a way that gives everybody problems not only does it give book people problems it gives show people problems and it gives you problems like through the rest of the series yeah there's one it's one thing to make a departure that makes the show easier to watch or makes the story better or something and they've done a lot of that which is fine but this is one that's like this doesn't make sense for anyone. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and it cheapens it cheapens the story. It cheapens mm-hmm. what's the risks and the the you know realities that these characters are going to face. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that's hammered in in like early in the books is that death can't be healed. Like he- healing is miraculous, and they they do do that a little bit in the series where you know you have the white clothes like she's like in at death's door you need to find an acidite like they have that going but they they don't have the the same like counterpoint to that which is the dead are in like that's the dark ones like where the dark one might have power or like they're that's the power of the dark one is it like they're beyond like the power of the light and and the acidite because they're dead And, and that actually that was one of one of my like most memorable scenes from the books is a time when that becomes a problem yeah yeah um, anyway, so yeah, I, I I just didn't like this whole mm-hmm. sequence. Um, intense music is playing. We cut to Rand walking away. Rand doesn't look good. Um, no. He looks much worse for wear after the channeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're trying to show you that like he's like two percent mad now. Like you know, like it's he, it's creeping up. That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> Are we gonna have madness bars? Rand, yeah, Rand madness bars now. It seems like that, or or at a minimum. It was so physically draining to do it. Yeah, it's yeah. so, just in trouble. And we know that it's physically draining because we know from when the women were shielding Logan yeah. that that channeling that much one power is draining. Also, probably a little emotionally draining. I would bet so. Yeah. He's walking into the blight. Cut to Land and Moraine. Moraine holds up the stone. Land takes it from her. It's say his word. Quendiar. There you go. Land. <laughs> Definitely not how I had it pronounced. I, in I my had Quendalar also. Like yeah. in, anyway. I thought they did the Y with the two L's. Quindy. They did. They did. Like both of us. But headcanon like, for us was Quindy Lar. Yeah, exactly. Lar. yeah this is the one time they've chosen to go with the French pronunciation <laughs> instead yeah. of something else, which, okay. Um, cut to uh, Lan, and he says, I thought that heartstone couldn't be scratched, that nothing 
not even the one power could break it. Moraine said, so did I. So I guess the, the, the implication here to the viewer is that whatever happened there with, with Rand and mm -hmm. the, the Dark One was so powerful, it broke stone that they did not know could be broken in this world. Mm -hmm. yeah, they weren't right. aware that it could happen. Mm -hmm. Lian, what does it mean, Moran says, Lian, what does it mean, Moraine says, that this wasn't the last battle. I fear it was the first. Mm -hmm. um, so that's basically the end of the episode. And yep. then we have a, a... Cold close. Yeah, cold close <laughs> or a stinger, basically, you could call yeah. it. Um, and it's beach. The title at the bottom, the Far Western Shore. We had heard only thing we've heard about the Far Western Shore, which Sarah pointed out, was the uh, ships are going missing. Yep, mm -hmm. that's where they're disappearing from. Um, and there's a little girl on the beach playing. She gets up, she looks. There's a ton of ships in front of her. They all have red sails, mm -hmm. and we hear some wild ass music playing. <laughs> this really screams of like Essos, right? And 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 when yeah. they when they Spanish mm -hmm. galleons, yeah, like yeah. Game of yeah. Thrones where they just shift the world. Like okay, yep. we're going completely somewhere else now. Mm -hmm. Yep, and some women walk out in front of the ships. Haven't seen these women before. Haven't seen the garb before or the face tattoos. Very or different. Other. Everything is very Everything important is at this point. Yeah. Yep. And uh, they start moving their hands. Even the hand motions are different. But we do see that they're channeling. Mm -hmm. And they're using mm -hmm. the one power. And weirdly enough, they're using the one power to create a tidal wave. And they are using the most force I've ever seen to kill one little girl. It's unbelievable <laughs> yeah. what they're that having to do with this little girl. I mean, I, I don't know if this little girl is like the, the next dragon reborn. <laughs> and they're trying to get her. But either way, that's what we see. Bang, smash cut, end of episode, end of season. Yep. I Good work with the recap, as always. Yeah, very nice. As Thanks. always. I just want to pull the audience here, pull the podcasters here about this last scene. Yeah. Let me give my opinion on it first, and then we'll yep. go around. Right. Right. right? Like, So my idea is... A, I think that in a in a vacuum, the scene is really cool. In, in all, like, I think it's really well done. Right. I think it's really interesting. We ended on a baller line from Moraine in the scene before that, yeah, this and we're not us. like, what? Why did we have to have this stinger? Is that is that a term that is yeah. used? Yeah, so for, okay. stinger is usually for stuff after the credits, but okay. since this was like a okay. hard yeah, shift, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for my money, I would have just cut that whole scene off. Like, I don't need to know that in the next season we're going to this completely new place where something is something else is going on. Do that as a cold open for episode one of the next season. I'm fine with shifting. We've gotten really used to shifting yeah. somewhere else. Completely. With every new with, open. I'm fine with that. Why do we think it was here? And do you like it here, not like it here? What would you have done? So I'm going to concur with you here in that when I first watched this episode, immediately I was like, why? Why did we have to add this on? Um, that being said, especially online, a lot of people have been like, this was amazing. And they're mm. so excited. Okay. And so I do think that it does hook some people because it leaves a huge question mark of like, who are these people? What are they doing? Interesting. Okay. And so it does open up the world in a new dimension that we haven't seen. Mm -hmm. um, but I agree with you that that it, it cheapens Maureen's last moment. So I also think that it might be doing something which I think is interesting. So Maureen says this is the first battle and then we get a completely alien presence channeling. Mm -hmm. And so I, I thought it was a really cool visual, but I also think it, it is a, hey guys, there's a lot of stuff going on in this world and, and there is a lot of conflict to be had. Um, and maybe these people are part of it. And so, like, I, I think that... Yeah, throwing a wave doesn't seem entirely benign. Right. 
especially at a little girl. Mm-hmm. So I like I feel like that's a little bit of where they're going. Um, and but if if you don't draw enough of that parallel, it does really cheapen the line. Yeah. And I think that that line would have been a good closer. Yeah, just to do it. I don't um, know. I, I would have preferred it to yeah. just cut there because I think it's so powerful, especially with Maureen looking as wrecked as she is. Yeah. She looks rough. I, I think actually doing it the other way around, having that like weird closing scene and then, then close on Moraine was, like I think it's the first battle, then it's easier to draw those parallels. Mm, and, that might be true. Sure. Anyway. Uh, it felt to me like um, some, they, they were setting up a new season and it felt to me like something they threw in to please the book uh, readers. Yeah. Because any time, when you know there's book canon, an extensive, huge book canon that's wildly popular, you, that's in the back of your head as a, as a casual viewer, right? And like I saw this and I thought, oh, that, I bet that's something from the books and I'll bet that excites the book readers for season two. Mm-hmm. It means zero, nothing at all to me and kind of yeah. waste of time for me. Yeah. But yeah, got, got book readers excited and m- maybe they'll explain it sometime later in season two, yeah. probably. Yeah. I'll maybe. nominate that they weren't throwing that whole wave at that little girl. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. Yeah. So no, but but because when they show the the boats the first time that you see them, it continues off screen to the left. So like clearly that's not all of them. So my impression mm-hmm. is that yes, this is a, a larger fleet mm-hmm. than we actually see. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, obviously, what I took it as is, is that it was a large fleet attacking the city. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, they they wanted the imagery of the little girl yeah. standing there as like an innocent dime. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Season one. Can I? Can I? Can I In stop before we go to our our, our yeah. segments and just ask? For uh, we do this in Mangum Watches, a letter grade for this episode individually. I want to do it because um, because I, I, I don't want to focus. We, we talk so much about the negative mm-hmm. that yeah. I want to kind of like try to put all the positives also in perspective with the negative. Because I for me, it's a it's a C plus. It's mm-hmm. a C plus episode. Yeah. Because there still are good things. That moment with Rand where he heal, where he face turns and goes, "What does she want?" is so powerful. It's probably one of the most powerful parts of the whole season. Mm-hmm. So like. I just don't want it to. I don't want. I want to do the, the grade for me. Y'all do it if you want to. But I just didn't want anybody to think that I thought it was like an F. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess what I want to do is that and your grade for this season. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm going to be a lot more down on this episode than I feel like I should be in terms of like us finishing out this season. Yeah. I think it's important to go back and, and yeah. think about. Yeah. Um, and so maybe we'll just do that like after we do this round robin of, of episode grade. Okay. Okay. I'm going to do a solid C plus as well. I think there were a lot of things that I actually did really like in this episode. Yeah. I really liked the cold open. I thought that was super interesting was and awesome. really cool. With the spaceships? Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Um, I actually probably gave a lot more leeway to things falling apart in this episode than I would have because I was riding the high of the cold open yeah. um, for that. Cold open world. But... Um, and some of the imagery was was really good as well. Um, some of the dialogue was was really good. It was just so it was just so uneven. I think is my problem yeah. and why we're going to yeah. more than more than the idea that I was mad at particular things. The overall unevenness of the episode is sort of C plus for me. It's a it's a rewrite and yeah. see me. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the you can compare the cold open to the end, right? Because the cold open worked because there was a. Thread that we could pull. That's yes. the dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that guy. Oh, yeah. that's the uh, Tamerlan Hammer. Let's yeah. see, whatever. Yeah. I said I, there were yeah. things that we could recognize. The ending was complete nonsense. Except yeah. that we know that ships have been disappearing over there. Yeah. But within the context of the episode, it's right, complete threat. nonsense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think your rewrite this and come see me. Like I, it's hard for me to give this a passing grade, and and Ooh. so I like Lots this would be red mark on this. This, wow. this would be like Ooh. right on the edge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you D know, minus. I, D minus F. I mean, I guess for me, huh. part of where this episode will fall is is to a certain extent like what they do in season two. Like I think they have to explain a little bit as to what happened because like it has. Because I've read the books, it has so like so many ramifications down the line that either they they're gonna mess up a lot or they're gonna cheapen the episode even more. Mm-hmm. And both worry me a lot. And so so for me, like they had some really cool things and it would be nowhere near that border, like, you know, D F area mm-hmm. if they didn't have the those positives. But it, it there are so many frustrating things because there are interesting things that you have in the book that they they went a different way and I think the different way was bad for reasons that don't make any sense. Yep. Okay. I hear you. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm also going to be down on this episode. You know, I would probably rate it C, C plus, kind of very similar to you guys, um, Lee and Sarah. Not quite the, the complete failure. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, hard, the hard thing is it's, you know, it's actually thinking about this as like, when grading students on clinical rotations, like you have some students that are like maybe not terrible at things, but they're really annoying. <laughs> and so those things just like they they pique your attention. Mm-hmm. And like even if the student wasn't really that bad, they seem so much worse in mm-hmm. retrospect because you're like, oh, that really annoyed me when they did that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think this episode suffers, like you said, Sarah, from that up and down, you know, things clash where it's like quite well done. And then really jarring. Part of, you know, thinking about this in terms of like grading student work too, is that like one of the, if you have ever graded student, student work, one of the questions you have to ask yourself is like, am I really using a quote unquote objective scale on grading this? Or am I really focused on this student against this student, the same student's kind of best self, right? And that's for me, part of the problem that this, grading reading this episode runs into because we're going to get to the grade for the entire season yeah and there were such highs in this season and that's what that... i was going to say is like you know at the end of the term or whatever you know there is objective but there's also like was was there did the student learn did yeah. you know was the, their improvement and sometimes like you bias towards pluses if they've improved and, mm-hmm. and you know they're getting to where you want them to be mm-hmm. and but then when they do something unforgivably stupid and you're like... Oh. Right. And so, you know, I'm probably on that side of yeah. like, you know, I probably should have give this a little bit of better grade. But like, you we had a lot of really, really good episodes <laughs> and, and it, it was it was so much worse than the last episode. It was. Yeah. The, the, yeah. It, it sucks that the penultimate was so much better than the finale. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's do our segments. Uh, can we do, do the, grade the season the first? Season? Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Um, sure. Go ahead. Because um, I was going to say, like, this is a solid B for me, at least. You know, BB plus. Like, there are stuff that I really enjoyed. And, like, there are a lot of things that I'm coming around to. Like, especially as we talk about it. And it was a lot of fun television. Um, I mean, it ended on, on a, a less than great note. But I'm still excited to see the next season and where they go. Um, and so, I just, I'm excited for That's it. That's very generous of you. Three? I was going to say B+. Plus. Okay. I, I've got a B plus on it too. I give it a B. 
I give it a B. I would have I would have probably said B plus A minus before the finale. Uh, it might have gone A minus before the finale, but okay. the finale really drags it down. But yeah, I mean, it, look, it's fun television. Like yeah. if you, I, I think the thing that people are struggling with so much is that like they're not able to release their expectations and just watch the show for the show. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm not breaking new ground by saying that, right? But like. You, you would do yourself. I'm not telling people what to do. Do whatever the hell you want to do. If you want to get on the internet and complain, do it. But <laughs> if you want to enjoy and have fine fun, like like the rest of us, try to just as best you can watch the show for what the show is and not what the show isn't. Because there's right. a lot there when you're looking for yeah. what it is as yes. opposed to what it's not. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I Absolutely. wish it was more C episodes. I'm excited they're already filming season two because that means we're going to get season two. Faster than not, so hell yeah, let's do this thing. Hopefully, yeah. All right. All right. Now for the segments. Now for the segments. segments. All right, so Tavern of the Week. Tavern. Uh, yes, and I get to decide this. You do. Mm-hmm. Tavern of the Week. Um, but I would like to go around and hear nominations before the final decision. Sarah, what do you have for us? Oh, this is a hard... It's a tough one. It's, it's like Absolutely. harder than I assumed. If going into this episode... If you, before I started watching it, I would have said, well, like, obviously it's going to be Rand, right? Like, because I knew what this episode was supposed to be. Supposed to be. But I think that we get a lot of people really picking their moments of heroicism and they Mm -hmm. look very different Mm -hmm. um, based on the individual characters. Um, And so... Lee, I might be supplanting your hero here, but you have convinced me that I'm going to go with Moraine for this episode. I think that she is walking to the eye of the world knowing that she's going to die. It's a solid pick. Um, and that she has identified this as her like one duty and calling. And so this is just what she has to be there. She's going to see this through to the end. This is what it has to be. And then whatever happened to her with the dark one to be dealing with that and still trying to figure out what's next by the end of the episode, I think is real fortitude that, um, I, Logan certainly didn't have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, so what are we, what is like, what's Tavern of the Week again? Is it, is it the best? most interesting character? Okay. So, so inter- most interesting, interesting character. character, like forwarding the, it's whatever the you world. want it to be. <laughs> well, because it you does just matter, have to want. Right? Because you just have to want. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because because if we're saying who is the most righteous, who's the hero of the episode, mm-hmm. then I'd no, say I'd say the Ranger Moraine. But for me, the most interesting character popped on the screen every time. I want to see way, way, way more of him is Ishmael. Ishmael mm-hmm. was so fascinating. Yeah. Character was done great. Um, all of his the actor acted it well, cast yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah. that guy yeah. just like exudes like holy, like wow, that's a leader. Um, I I'm all about the Ishmael yeah, scenes. That's a good call. I thought he was a great character. Cool by the yeah. grace of Ishmael. Yep. by the <laughs> grace of Ishmael. <laughs> I mean, you have just turned dark friendly, full on. Yep. I mean that 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 was my top choice. Uh, was Ishmael? Uh, You're gonna have to go with the second I'm or third. Gonna have to go with somebody else. Um, and I'm gonna go with Pan and Fane. Yeah. Because yeah. I, when you said popped on the screen, I thought Lee, you might I have been going too. with Pan and Fane. Yeah. Um, because this opens up the entire season. Um, you know, I mean, we get glimpses of Pod on Fame before, and, like, we, we talked about it in the episodes. Like, if you know what to look for and listen to the whistles and, and, like, the one or two frames that he's on screen, like, you can pick him up. But, like, he's like, no, I've been there from the beginning. I've been there 
from before the series started. Since like, you were kids. Like, mm-hmm. this has been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. Not only has this been going for a while, I know more than than you imagine. And, and, he's in charge of some fades. That's interesting. And Which so, is the first time we've seen anybody be yeah. in charge of fades. Yep. And mm-hmm. so, and now, he also has the Horn of Valir. And that so, seems like a problem. So, we'll he's, see what he's a lieutenant in the, yeah. in our army. And he also gives some like really ex- explanations. He is expounding on what's going on in the world to Perrin, who I, I I'm sorry to say, you know, usually is pretty pretty darn clueless. So <laughs> oh yeah, uh, sure. yeah, yeah. So I think those are all good nominations. Quite honestly, I was gonna go with Moraine for my mm. nomination as well, and the specific reason for her is that she also has this determination. We see her essentially facing the dark one and basically being like, okay, so I'm still, or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to hold a knife to my, to Bran's throat. There's literally nothing else I can do, but I'm going to try my hardest. So like, she doesn't give up. There's a lot of fortitude that she shows. Um, so, you know, I think Pond and Fane is, Real exciting. I think he might be like most interesting character for like the series Mm because he just gets these little, little tiny glimpses and it just piques everybody's interest every time you see him. Look how he's being acted too. That's yeah, Yeah. slick like and and when he grins. Yeah, and oh, what I did love is when Perrin notices him standing there. Mm -hmm. Pod and Fane is actually leaning against the wall, just like he was leaning against his wagon, Mm -hmm. waiting for the Trollocs to come. It's the same, like very casual, like yep, I'm just here. Yeah, and here the things unfold. I didn't catch that. That's a good catch. So. But yeah, it's Maureen for me. Okay. Maureen. All right. All okay. Right. Well, Mark it down. that's the first time you've been wrong. Uh, you're, you're, you've, you've not selected my general, my allegiance to the dark one. <laughs> <laughs> because you've turned to the dark. <laughs> I am. I'm a dark friend. All right. All right. Gleeman's Corner. Best quotes of the episode. Um, I can go first if, if uh, everybody's trying to get their notes. Because um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I got yeah. one, I'll tee it up. Um, mine, line of the episode, to me, scene of the episode, scene of the season, I like it even more than the stuff that happened with Loghain, which up till now has been my favorite, because I, I love the whole Loghain subplot, is um, uh, my Dark Lord Ishmael to Rand, uh, you can remake the world in your image, boy, make it what you want. What about what she wants? As much as I love her, as much as I want this, I know that she doesn't. That woman who doesn't care about being of wisdom, doesn't care about being nice to die, that's not the one. Love it, love it. That was yep. very peak, powerful. Peak yeah. for the season for me. That is the most powerful thing I saw on screen all season because that is someone who doesn't doesn't just love um, Egwene for who she is. That's someone who's a good person. Like, and it's yeah. just yeah. shining through. And it's like, fuck yeah! Like they are <laughs> establishing that he can be my hero. I yeah. can, yep. I can yeah. root for Rand. And this is something I think you know. Even with all of the different problems that we've seen with this season and with this episode in particular, one thing I think they've done very well is the characterizations. And I think this is very true to Rand. Yeah. Even as a very naive farmer's boy, this is him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. By the end, I'm, I'm, I'm really You're love Rand and I'm rooting yeah. for him. And it, what makes me laugh is that like I, I love the idea of like we were doing these episodes and I was like... Rand sucks. He's at the bottom of the dragon power rankings. And then I'd walk out of the room and you guys would be like, how are they going to get Rand to be the dragon? Yeah, I did. Oh. <laughs> so and they've come so far since then, yeah. right? So yeah. now I'm on screen like fist pumping yeah. Rand fighting back yeah. against the dark. That's really cool. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Brie. All right. Well, I'm going to go back to super early on. I just loved this line, and I don't really even have any defense other than that. I was just <laughs> very entertained by it. So it's when Rand and Maureen are walking in the blight, and they pass the, the boy that is dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's like, boys from the blight, or from the borderlands, like to test themselves against the blight. And they usually come up wanting. The blight is a rot, rot that spreads from the Dark One's prison and consumes everything in its path, including young men way over their heads. Yep. And just the way she get, delivers that line and the way she looks at Rand, you know she's like, what am I doing here? Like, this is insane. This, mm-hmm. is, this is the option that we have. This is who's going to save us. Yep. Let's do it. Yeah. Yep. But, oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really was good. a great line. So I'm going to nominate... Um, the last battle is here, but not our battle to win. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good it one. was just such a, like, we don't get self-sacrifice like that or an and understanding of, like... The foreknowledge. Yeah, yeah. the foreknowledge mm-hmm. and just that commitment to, like, this is our duty. Mm-hmm. It is heavier than a mountain. <laughs> um, but, but, like, I just really like that... Even this character that, like, realized that he completely fucked up in ways that, you know, are surprising to him. Like, we, like no one expected that, that this yeah. is going to happen now. And now, like, he knows what needs to be done. Yeah. It's such a great parallel with Alistair Thorne at the wall of Game of Thrones. It's like, it's, it's yeah. a great parallel. Yeah. And it yeah. evokes the same emotions where you're like, wow, these fucking people are, they, they know that they are on the front line. They choose yeah. to live in that city. They choose to be members of the Nightwatch. They choose to be in that city because they know they're on the front lines. Yeah. Did they expect the army was coming right now? No. no. But they are ready to go. And yeah. that's kind of surprising, right? Because like you, you can think, like, well, if you if you live in this place, and you know, eh, maybe someday it'll happen. When it happens, you maybe don't expect them to rise to the right. occasion in the way that they have. And it's really inspirational. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sarah. Okay, so I'm going back to uh, my man, Loyal. And I'm, I'm standing. I'm standing. I'm standing. No, that is a well, that didn't make me actually you. laugh, especially in such a dark episode where such serious right. stuff is going on. And I, I actually did laugh out loud at that. But in immediately after that, and we've talked a little bit about this, but where he tells Perrin, who doesn't know what to do and doesn't know how to figure out what to do, well, like if you do, if you don't know what to do, you just have to ask. And we talked about that a little bit, but part of the reason that I think it is so powerful in this episode particularly is because it's such a different twist on this idea of what a hero is. We get mm. so we've talked so much about well, it's duty and sacrifice, and mm-hmm. Rand made the right choice to be empathetic, and the Dark One is doing. Moraine does what she knows she has to do. Parent. Perrin and then Loyal, in his advice, takes the tack of, this is not about, this doesn't have to be about duty and doing what you have to do. Sometimes the right thing to do is just to be of service Mm -hmm. and to ask the question. Nowhere else do we see anyone asking the question of what can I do to help? This is the only place we see that. And I think that's so powerful and cool. Um... Is it the most powerful thing in the episode? Maybe not, but it's so different from everything else we see in this episode. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, I'm going to have to mention another line just because it. It, it bears mentioning, um, which is Moraine at the end. This wasn't the last battle. I fear it was the first. Just yeah. it, like It's just such a huge line. 
Um, it's a mic drop line, and you know we sort of talked about like having another thing after. But line of the episode has to be Lee. Like the like I could have this, but it wouldn't be Wayne. It wouldn't be the person that I actually care about, and it wouldn't be like her making her own choices. And it's such an important realization for Rand here and moving forward that. Like, that's what this world is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about people making choices and, and the freedom to make their own choices. And, you know, we see that with uh, Lord Aglomar. We see that with Moraine making her choice to, to go to the eye of the world. It's, it's all of the good scenes of this episode are about people making the decisions that they want to make. And mm-hmm. I will posit that one of the bad scenes is about the lack of choice, which is when Amelisa... Yes rips through all of those women exactly. yeah yeah and they don't have a that's choice. a good call yeah. yeah yeah that's a good parallel yeah absolutely Great. all right good choice theory time theory time theory time um okay well yeah, i think you said you had something for i i have a big one and i i like i haven't read anything about this um and brie definitely vehemently disagrees with me which is perfectly fine great um, i like that or supposedly she did mm-hmm. um i we saw Perrin walking into the throne room, but right before that, we saw a bat fly around. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, okay. And I have theorized that bats are an indication that we're in a dream. And so I think that Perrin got knocked out. I And a lot of what we see here, because mm. we don't have the sounds of the battle. We don't have anything else going on around Perrin, which is kind of weird where... You know, there's presumably a whole bunch of women in the city doing something. There's there's stuff going on. There 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 presumably was some sort of fight with the Fades and and Padan Thane that this is a weird dream sequence that he's having that is not dissimilar to what's happened in the real world. But I think that, that this is going to be a kind of lame way of them getting around uh, killing Loya. I think that's really interesting because I was struggling to figure out why we had the bat there. And the, like that really, yeah, I was weirded out by that. And I had forgotten that we, well, I, I knew that we, they were associated with the dark one and all of that, but I forgot they were sort of dream specific. Yeah. That's interesting. But it also is a cheap move. If that's what they're doing. Well, I just, yeah. I, I, again, yeah. I, I, look, I don't think the show has confidence to do a multi-season reveal. I think if that was the case, they'd have gave us that reveal then. I don't think that they would have the confidence to drag it to the next season and expect the viewer to remember what happened. Yeah, that's interesting. And then be able to disassociate that from the timeline that they now have be, right. they, when they establish that it's a dream. I don't yeah. think they have the confidence. I mean, I, 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 don't, I think that everybody's going to be hurt. But I think that... that there's some book stuff that sort of leads me to think that, that they're, they're just not killing Loyal be- mm-hmm. and how they did it was a little weird. Okay. So that's sort of yeah, my... I could see that. I guess I was a little like they didn't make it clear enough if that was the case, but sure, maybe mm-hmm. maybe they're playing their cards a little closer than they have been for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much. I mean, I feel like... Um... Where that where it leaves us is pretty obvious what they're gonna do. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna jump to the edge of the world and kind of explain what all that crap is. So that's gonna eat up a lot of the eight, <laughs> next eight seasons, next eight episodes that we get. Um, Mike, I mean, I do the, I theorized on one against three that Moraine is actually still. I don't think she'll ever be able to touch the one power again in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Land will jump pretty quickly to Nynaeve. Um, that whole conversation about Alma 
hate who you pick and all this. All that's foreshadowing to the fact that he'll bond with her. And so that's great. That's going to be awesome. Um, and I think that we're going to get uh, we're going to get a lot of Lord of the Rings esque Rand just humpbacking it, <laughs> just walking around, which uh, should should annoy everyone. But my my but the bigger theory that I have, which is connected to what, how I led into the to the recap, is that the tone of season two and subsequent seasons is going to be very different. It will not feel rushed. It will, I think, have a little bit more creative freedom. I think they'll take more chances. And I think it'll be better quality going forward because Amazon now looks at them as one of their their prize pieces yeah. and yeah. they have some autonomy. Yeah. I think the whole thing of like, you have to have eight seasons. It's got to be right now. Yeah. A lot of that's going to go away because mm-hmm. now they're successful. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to hear your thoughts on the Horn of Valir. Um. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't have much okay. um, because it, it seemed to me something that was not consequential to what was happening. It, it seemed like a distraction for this particular episode. I know it's going to be yeah. important later, but okay. like I was bored when it, they were talking about it on this episode because I was like, nothing's going to happen here. This isn't. This isn't consequential to what's happening right. in mm-hmm. this moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it seems if your theory is right, right? Yeah. Um, then maybe Pod and Fang didn't take off with it. Because the only well, only time we see we see Pod and Pan taken off with it is through Pear. And yep. If he was dreaming, then maybe it's still under that throne somewhere. Who yep. knows? Mm-hmm. Guess we'll see. Yeah. Anybody else? No. No, I just have a lot of wild speculation that I won't embarrass myself um, by saying out loud about what actually happened to Moraine. Um, no, say it out loud. That's what this is for. Well, so I'm trying to figure out because I don't think that she was stilled, but I'm trying to come up with some justification of why she can't touch the one source after. Yeah. He goes back yeah, underground. He's, he's back he's underground, yeah. right? Like, I can't quite figure out. And then I'm trying to um, square it with, as we dissected, the kind of motions and visuals we were getting in the mm-hmm. moment and, like, what was happening. I don't think I'm right because we don't specifically see... Um, we don't specifically see the dark power go into her like we have in other scenes. Mm-hmm. But there is a part of me that was wondering if... Okay, so what if he actually like pushed some of the corruption back into her yeah. and reaching out to the one power? She could do it yeah. when she's talking to Land, but she knows that that's going to lead to madness. madness. Interesting. Huh. That's an interesting twist I have not thought of. I asked Sarah this question, which frustrated her because she didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> and, and you guys probably don't like it, neither of the listeners. Which is, your theories about what happened to Moraine. Mm-hmm. How much of those are built on what we actually see in the screen, and how much of what we want to happen to the character? Like I, you, you might not be a good person at this because yeah. you're like super analytical. But like most people are probably coloring what they quote think happened to Moraine yeah. based on what they hope happened. But with the evidence we got on screen, I would I pinch I I posit. You would have to lean towards she was stilled if you were just looking at the evidence on screen and yeah. not trying to read between the tea leaves to get to the answer you want. Yep. That's my guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, That's fair. I don't really disagree. Mm-hmm. One other thing that I wanted to point out that I forgot to point out while we're going through it, uh, there are vague theories that I have in, in relation to this, but if you pause it just the right time, I mean, you see it throughout the scene, but there are tendrils coming out of uh from under this the coendiar the the seal mm-hmm. um of black that are going into ishmael interesting and, like his feet are sort of like tied into whatever is there and it it sort of um 
looks like you know threads or, or ropes mm. that that are that are coming out oh, of that. Oh, yeah. yeah, go back and look. Yeah, yeah I'd it, like to see it, that. it was like it was a really cool visual that like I like I was like wait a minute it, mm-hmm. what what's going on there and yeah. and so I did pause it and it's that's curious what they're going to yeah, do with that's that. Really interesting. Um, but I have a feeling that that might be associated with him being in the real world because that's the first time that we that somebody else acknowledges his presence outside of probably in their head. Yeah. Yeah, because that's another yeah. theory time thing we could say is like, what, like, maybe Ishmael did not kill Moraine because he can't, like, there's a, some limitation on what he can do in the physical world. Yeah. Maybe he could still her because it's associated with one power or whatever, but mm-hmm. he can't actually kill people directly because he's still in this prison. I don't mm-hmm. know. But that's, that's yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, all right, I'm going to end on my power rankings because I'm, yeah, I'm do a very it. self-centered person. Um, <laughs> Obviously, Moraine's still number one. Yep. Hero that she is. Strong number two. I'm going to call him 1B now, which is really unexpected. Is Rand. Mm. Three, Perrin. Distant four, Egwene. Five, Matt. Six, Nynaeve. Nynaeve, six. Not because of anything about her character being good or bad. Because I'm bored when she's on screen because she's not at all. So there you go. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Got it. Interesting. What? Oh. Into part one? <laughs> <laughs> May you always find water and shade. And welcome back to part two of our last episode of As the Wheel of Time Turns for this season. Uh, This has book spoilers, uh, and so if you haven't read the books and you don't want to be spoiled or, you know, some combination thereof, uh, you can Turn back now. Yeah, turn back now. (laughs) We'll we'll have other content for you. um, uh, We'll definitely be covering the next season. Um, But we have a bunch of segments that we do. We have three. Um, Reading the pattern, where things fit into the bigger book picture. Weft and Warp, how things have diverged from the book and how we feel about that. Some of that probably came through in part one. Uh, Do we have to put a limit on you, BJ? Do you need, like, a ticker for... He needs one of those knock guards from the song. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) some some significant limitations. Um, And then we have disappointed our friends. I think we're just going to get rid of this, like, going forward. Yeah, we'll come up with something else for that. It'll be just our... Yeah, exactly. Our name for it. Um, Like, I think going forward, we'll probably just talk a bit about this in the weft, like, how things are differing from the books. Um, because uh, the disappointed dark friends are on the internet and they're toxic. And yeah, I'm not they're, they're doing toxic. that with my they, life They anymore. want to burn all of the things associated yeah. with it. Yeah. Which, like, I understand that there were some problems, but yeah. we're, we're not really... here to completely <laughs> yeah. trash it. Exactly. Yeah. This is, as we ended our, our last, the part one of this, like... I, I think we all come down on we are incredibly grateful to have this really fun, yep. interesting we're show to be able to, to talk about. excited to season two, like... We wouldn't be here if we yeah. weren't excited about yeah. it. Sometimes there are problems. Yes. yes. And anyway, also so there are problems. we have a lot of really cool things that we get in the this final episode. Um, we get the reference to the seals that, and we get mm-hmm. Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the Horn of Lear. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it's from the wrong <laughs> place. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I was confused about that too. Too, but it doesn't whatever. really matter because it, it like runs all over the place. So yeah. So it, it kind of does. It kind of does matter because like that people know where it is and that like 
like one dude knows where it is is just such a I mean, a it just weird... destroys anyway. the whole like, hunt the, for the horn. Okay, so this yeah. is the left in the warp. We're not getting into that yet. <laughs> um, but we are getting to, like, this is a good lead-in that Padan Fane has the horn. This is kind of the lead-in that you need for book two. I mean, that's what... It sets up Mavzar. Mm -hmm. Book two is the hunt for the Horn of Valir. Yeah. Um, and I like that we're getting that. Um, the... Uh, I think that's the biggest like tie into the bigger book picture that that we really have this from this episode. I'm trying to think of any like major plot points that like we can tie uh, this the Shachin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they the, this yeah. is the funniest thing. I don't remember if we've talked about this, but Robert Jordan's canon is that they have Texan draws. I hope to God that they do not do that in the show. It would be hilarious. It would be hilarious though. Um, Actually, you know what would be really funny and really terrible is if they were all like wearing jeans and cowboy hats <laughs> underneath their <laughs> armor. Oh, oh my god, god. that would be terrible. Um, wow, I know. Sorry, I'm gonna check out of the pod for a minute because my head just broke a little bit. <laughs> um, but we did get the Shanchen. They look really cool. This costuming yeah. was. There were some weird left turns that you know we're not really gonna talk in the weapon the warp because there'll be plenty of people online that, that'll do that too. Mm -hmm. um, but. This looked cool. It looked really cool. This, yeah. So we're yeah. in Falm, presumably, on the other side of the world from from the the borderlands. Um, and this is hopefully really setting up a lot of things coming together. I hope they don't change this, but with uh, using the horn to fight off this Shanchen mm -hmm. at the end yes. of book two and presumably season two. Well, and, and actually... I like that the Sanchen are kind of being set up as antagonists. Yeah, that's, I think, why we did actually get the horn in the end of the season, because otherwise it gets a lot harder to connect it all in yeah, together. To, so like, magically have it In time, yeah, yeah exactly. for it to make sense yeah. Yeah. to fight off the Sanchen. Yeah. Um... So before we get to the left from the warp, sometimes you have questions that, that fill in the bigger book picture. Um, oh, I have a very, I just want to, I yeah. want to actually go back to a question that I had in the first part that you all yeah. looked at each other. Like, can we say this or not? Yeah. And you know that I don't care about spoilers. Yeah. So this is just like my right, small yeah. bugaboo question. What are yeah. the ring things? Oh, yeah. Oh. So, because I wanted to spill the beans on that. And then I did realize like after BJ was That's like, huge yeah, spoiler. and I was like, yeah, I guess. So this is from the cold opening and yeah. then also yes. from the so, dark one wearing this. It's like, a huge, 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 huge spoiler for a lot, a lot of things. Yeah. Because <laughs> literally we've been talking this entire episode about how Ishmael and the dark one are the same. Yeah. Well, spoiler, they're not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Ishmael yeah. is one of the forsaken. Okay. That's just bound who a little is, less. Who is one of the most powerful Ace die of that time? And those rings, I, I presume, are are Ace rings. Okay. And so that would have been my guess, but from. right. I, and then I was confused because I hadn't seen that. What's her face from the cold open? Yes, yeah. she also on. had. Okay. Um, which is also a little. So you weird. might want to actually take that part out. Eh, <laughs> and and so. The other thing is, like, that ring is supposed to identify the Tamerlan, who is the dragon, who is loose there in Telamon, and the books, and that's a little bit of a, a, a warp, but, like, that was... I think it works, actually, that they have I think it works. two separate people. I think it works okay. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I, I think that they're just making it easier for the viewers, which, mm -hmm. like, all right, like, if that's a change, and it makes it easier for the viewers, and Lee was like, oh... They're Ace the Die. They kind of have a similar setup, mm -hmm. like and check, and that check, and, check. and mm -hmm. that that Luz Theron 
is the previous reincarnation uh, that Rand is like that they're changing it from the dragon to the dragon reborn like ah, ah, come on it's, yeah. it's fine well yeah. and it also set up nicely the split between the men and the women right and so yes. that and that is something that is foundational to this current world yes right. so I think that it does well mm-hmm. yeah um, despite the minor differences oh, and then the other thing that I feel like I guess we should talk about um which is why Moran is basically definitely shielded and not still. Yes. Is um, there is something called tying off weaves, where mm-hmm. if you want something okay. to happen more permanently, you can tie it off. Okay. And so people tie off shields, and that's a really big thing in uh, some later, later scenes with Rand. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and so... So the idea is that so, Ishmael tied off exactly. his and shield, you, and that's why it's more current. Okay. Yeah. You can actually see when he... Mm-hmm. So he does his little finger movement yeah, to yeah, put yeah. the shield on her. Yeah. And then he also does a little finger movement, and you see, like, strands of light in between I saw his that. Yeah. So I did not connect that, though. Yeah. I think that is tying off the shield. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that's sort of what that's supposed to be. The, and, yeah. Go I was going to say, the other things that make me think that she is still... Or not stilled, is that she cannot lie mm-hmm. and at least she still thinks she cannot lie so right. you know there is this she may not know in this current turning of the wheel that once you are stilled you are freed from those three o's at mm-hmm. least that is book canon mm-hmm. yeah and so if that is still holding true in this world yeah she's definitely not stilled because she's still being held by the three o's yeah and there there are some other visual markers and i think that yeah she's impacted but like we got a lot more emotion from both of them when uh, Stepan died. Mm-hmm. Like this is like rock your world problem when yeah. it happens. Yeah. Um, okay. That uh, yeah, yeah. That all makes sense because I would have said with ninety nine percent certainty that she was not yeah. still the only the actually the only thing that gave me pause on the question of whether she was still or not was a a different part two conversation we had about naive healing. Logan, Logan right, yeah. from being still. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I thought, well, you know, they're collapsing a lot of storylines here. Maybe. What they're if they're really... collapsing that storyline? I mean, maybe they are. I, like, I really yeah. don't think so because because she sort of, like, it's just out of reach. Yeah. And then, it, like, it's not just out yeah. of reach if you're... But, if but you're that was going to be the way I kind also, of explained it to myself right, if right, that happened. Yeah. But also right. that line of you can almost touch it, but it's out of mm-hmm. your reach just past your yeah. fingertips. That is... That is a very classic description from the books, almost directly, of what it means to be shielded. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And especially tied off, because mm-hmm. like there isn't that struggle against somebody else then. Gotcha. Um, I can't remember, though, in the books, is if the person who tied you off dies, and I'm using finger quotes there, because yeah. we don't know what happens to Ishmael in this time. Turning. Yes. Um, but if, if the shield that they wove is tied off, and then they die, what happens to that shield? Is it permanently tied off until they can figure out how to break it? I just don't remember from the books. Probably. I don't think I don't know that there was a particular scene where that was the case. Yeah. I mean, it, it was the hard points that went soft, and then there were only two. It was like the thing that I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember. Who who partially or three-quarters shielded Asmodine? Do you remember? That was Lampier. Okay. That, but that was a different thing because it's not a complete shield if he can channel it. Right. So, but I, I would assume yeah. it's a similar thing, but it doesn't matter because she's not dead. So right. Yeah. During that time. Complicated. All right. Changes. Well, actually, I do one want to... Yeah. One more thing is 
one thing that I did really like that is a key through point of the entire book is so Rand becomes extremely distrustful of essentially all Aes Sedai. Mm. Like, aggressively distrustful. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple of things in here that I really like that I think make me hopeful that they're going to continue this. So one is when Rand and Moraine are going down the stairways and he's like, well, stay. Mm -hmm. Like, you should stay. And she comes with him. Mm -hmm. And I think that sets up that Moraine is one of the only Aes Sedai that he trusts to the end of the world, basically. And he still even has reservations with her. Yeah. But, like, there is a something that sets her apart from all the other Aes Sedai. And then the other is um, in the dream with, you know, Egwene answering his question about the mm -hmm. Waterwoods so correctly and so fully. Like, I think this sets up well for him being distrustful of literally everything because he knows that the Dark One can really warp reality in yeah. whatever way he wants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think Rand's going to have a lot of problems going forward mm -hmm. because he doesn't even know, one, who can he can trust, and two, what is, is real. real. And that, yeah. you know, one of my... That's such, such an interesting point because my second nomination for Gleeman's Corner for line of the episode, just because I thought it was so interesting and it felt dropped in, but it really hooked me for a reason was when Ishmael says, what does it matter if it's a dream or reality? Yeah. Um, like something to that effect. Kind and I was like, that's actually, I think that's more important here than yeah. we're being led to believe. Right. Based on where this is placed. Yeah. Right. Um, so I only want to talk about one thing for Wealth in the Warp, if that's where we are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that channeling scene with the five women, with Amelisa, Nynaeve and Egwene, and the other two random women. Disappoint. It just, so, A, one of the really nice things about linking, and they've already changed this, so I don't know where they're going to go with it, is you can't get burned out when you're linked in the books. Oh, interesting. Like, it's just, it's something uh -huh. that can't happen, and it's super important in a lot of the later things, because... Uh, f like falling asleep doesn't like break the link so it, it's super like once you're in a link and um, there is the like you have to like willingly join it mm -hmm. and so like that that happened here was super weird that, that like then you're just part of it um, it's super important because like otherwise you could just so easily just like kill people by, by doing that like yeah. even so, inadvertently and so yeah. like this is supposed to be a, like a really safe thing to do really wondrous things mm -hmm. that but it always happen. has a buffer right that that you always have that buffer and so even you know somebody not super strong can lead a very strong circle and it, it's important mm -hmm. um the that they're that powerful is just like another completely insane thing because uh, like in the books, linking isn't additive, I think, even. It, it's just you can handle a lot more power. It's not just like you get A plus B. You get like 70% of that or, or okay, something yeah, like that. Yeah, but, yeah. but it is so much more yeah. powerful than any one person can channel that it's really important to get like mm -hmm. circles of people to do really important things. Yeah. And I think that there are reasons that you could say why, like, these five together were more powerful than sort of anybody, anything that we've seen. Mm -hmm. Like, one, they're just in front of a bunch of Trollocs, so it doesn't yeah. matter, like, what power that they cast forward. Like, they're not bound by any oaths. They're they're not worried about, like, anything happening mm -hmm. in front of them. They can just, you know, start not a, And not a single one of them has taken any oaths either. I hadn't really... Yeah. Yeah. Not that that becomes, I don't, it's not, like, super important, but it is right. an interesting nuance that none of them are... Right. I yeah. said I... 
Yes. But it also, like, it doesn't matter because the three O's do specifically say, right. except, except Shadow Spawn. Except for <laughs> right. Dark Friends. And, well, yeah. actually, we don't yeah. get that in, in the series. But, okay, that's I mean, the other thing is, like, you can kind of say that, you know, what the the Aesir that I were doing before, and what you know, Moraine had to be conscious of is like to not kill the villagers from Moraine. And what the other Aesir I was like, they had to be doing defense. Mm-hmm. They couldn't be going on offense. And so you could say like that's what tilted it. But this was just way overblown. Yeah, they're gonna have huge, huge problems going forward because like what's next? A what, billion Trollocs? Yeah, like mm-hmm. you, like Trollocs and Fades are 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 passe in ways that they shouldn't be. Yeah, a Fade. Yeah. Moraine's one of the most powerful Aes Sedai, period, and she had trouble with way fewer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I've tried to couch it and say, like, she had other things to deal with, but mm-hmm. kind of not really. Yeah. So yeah. this was a huge departure. It's causing so many problems. And that's even before, like, the whole Nynaeve Egwene thing, yeah. which is complete BS. Like, there is nothing good that can come no. of this. No, the, and the whole thing is just, like, difficult, as we've talked about, too. It's just a di- it's difficult to parse. It doesn't make any sense as a viewer. Yeah, it, it's not a cool thing yeah. to figure out. It's not, yeah. it's not like, a little tidbit that, that makes you excited. It's, you know, if, if they didn't have it so Nynaeve was barely surviving, then it's... Comp- it cheapens everything. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, well, I will okay. also agree that that was like the scene. Point a dark friend. That, no, but that's what I was going to say. Is, but like, it is a departure that is like. It's problematic. Yeah. yeah. And I will say that that is the scene that I watched and was most like. Yeah. Really? So really. I think we'll have a little bit the of series, departure yeah. from the books, you know, as we're going yeah. forward that we like. I think that there were some in this episode. I, I mean, I think we I talked about them in the first part because they're not really spoilery. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there'll be, as the seasons go on, more that we can talk about here. But I think this is where, you know, probably there are going to be problems that they are going to have to deal with later in the series because they're going against things in the books. And Mm -hmm. I think that's sort of where I'm going to take this weft in the warp with Disappointed Dark Friends because the internet's the worst right now. Yeah, no, no, no. We're staying away from the internet people. So they can live in their own cesspool. I'll say there's, there's another change that I think I don't I don't love um I think it it probably doesn't change anything for the story at large ultimately um but is where Nynaeve and Land had their little discussion and Land is like you know I will hate the man that you choose Mm -hmm. which yes that first part Mm -hmm. powerful line but it's supposed to be that Land is like no I am married to death Mm -hmm. like I have nothing to give a widow but like weeds and, and ashes and ashes or whatever yeah. yep. he says and so he's the one that is like hell-bent on this is absolutely not a relationship i can pursue mm-hmm. and Nynaeve has to sort of break him down over several books basically mm-hmm. to get to the point where they can actually have a relationship so i'm a bit disappointed that like that's not what came out of that little scene i thought yeah. that's what happened and it didn't no it did not not at all so I think there's some changes in their in their sequence of events. Um, now I do think we have one thing that's an indication for Nynaeve with her she can't listen to the wind mm-hmm. after she channeled for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I think what we get is that she does have a block, and that block is of new onset. 
That's how I think okay. of it. But it's a change from the books because she was oh she's always been able to listen to the wind. The yeah. books even with the blocks. Okay. But but yeah. now that we're having the listening to the wind is a thing of the power. That's why that. I think it always there. was supposed to be. But I don't know. Unconvinced. Um, but anyway, so now she has something that is probably linked to like very strong emotions mm-hmm. that is going to prevent her from channeling, and she's going to have to break that. So I'm glad they're at least trying to build a little bit of that in. Yeah. We'll see where that goes. One thing, this is just a disappointed dark man that doesn't have anything to do, I don't think has anything to do with the books, and the, but just thinking narratively about how they are storytelling in the show right now, mm-hmm. it was it is deeply weird to me when they choose to reference Perrin's wolfishness and not, and the fact that we didn't get any reference to it in this like, episode... Really? Was very strange to me. Like, I get we're in a city and there's yeah. not going to be wolves around. No, but so, like, come on. he's in high stress situations with, like, the, there was not nothing. The. Is, is, strange. Was weird. Yeah. 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 I, the going thought, and I agree with this, and is that it was supposed to be Matt. It was supposed to be Matt confronting Padan Fane at this point. Mm. It makes sense with the book. That like, would make this, sense. This yeah. is how it happens in the books, basically. Mm-hmm. There's this whole. Mm hmm connection between Matt and Padan Fane because yeah. Matt's connected to the dagger, Padan Fane's connected to the dagger, and you know, that that's how we get a whole lot of things going on. And so they just tossed Perrin in and they couldn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just pretty pitiful. Yeah. yeah. That uh, yeah, I was just I was very confused by yeah. that because like obviously we're gonna get Perrin's wolfishness being a thing eventually right. and to not like and just like for pure viewership's sake, to remind people as right. we are leaving this season that he that has something, that thing. Yeah. right? Yeah. And right. so, but like the whole conversation about like turning to evil and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Well, that, that makes sense for Matt. Mm-hmm. Not not just like yeah. picking up picking up an axe against fades is not turning like that seems like common sense. <laughs> like yeah. right. So anyway, yeah. I All have right. one last thing. Okay, yep. which is we're going to end on a on a highlight. Let's do for it. this whole season, mm-hmm. um, something that I thought was very cool that I thought that you know Lee picked up on um, through his recap, and I think is a through line for the series, which is you know when Rand does his little deal and he um, you know says you know it's not about what I want, it's about what she wants, mm-hmm. you know, referring to Gwen. That that thought process of it's important that others have choice. Is actually like that's how Rand essentially defeats the Dark One at the very end of the series. Mm. Is he realizes because he tries to make a world where the Dark One doesn't exist and everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. Turns out, then everybody has to be happy and nice and perfect mm-hmm. and good people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's not the real world, that's, and that's not yeah. choice either, right? And that's yeah. not choice either. Yeah. And so he realizes that actually what it means to be the dragon and fight this fight is that you have to continue having it in balance where people have choices. Mm. Um, and so I think that's a strong, like we get a tiny little fight from him mm-hmm. and then eventually at the very end, he will have a very big fight where that is the choice that he makes All right. to make sure that everybody has choices. That's interesting. Cool. So let's put this season to bed. May the last embrace of the mother welcome you home. By the grace of Ishmael. (laughs) Pretty much. May you always find water and shade.